Mulaney, Omaha! Live. You like that? You like that? In the entertainment capital of the world. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rogers with a walk-off touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Play action. Awesome time. Deep shot for Parker. to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Oh, my goodness, the legend just goes on. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? How you like me now? And a good Friday to you it is. A football Friday, of course, as we get ready. We got college football tomorrow, Army, Navy, and of course... We've got plenty of NFL Week 14 on the horizon. T.C. Martin Show live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be, of course, on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, any day for that matter. Whether it's the food options, the gaming, of course, the fantastic sports book here powered by William Hill here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. T.C. Martin, Double B, Brian Benowitz. And uh, John Sassenti in the house. He is going to join us this first segment here, the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl. Plus, you know, we have our best bets coming uh, next hour. So hang tight uh, for that. And Jay Schrader, the former Raiders slash Washington football team. No, Washington Redskins quarterback, because he was back in the day. Got the Super Bowl ring. So Jay Schrader will be in the house. He'll join us. Action-packed show. And uh, I believe we're going to be graced during our best bet segment with... John Sassenti's favorite employee of the Cosmopolitan, yes. Colleen the Handicapping Queen. There he is. Say it ain't so. It, 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 Say it ain't how, so. How ironic is that, that we have her on when you're here? Yeah, pure coincidence. I'm sure she's up in her office right now with somebody from the sports book giving her all her picks, too, like normal. Can you tell the friendly rivalry between these two? Yeah, it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> John, what's going on, my man? Not much, buddy. It's, it's it's good to see you. It's uh it's that time of year. Normally, I get here a couple weeks early so we can we can pick a couple college football games. But um, it's it's been a busy busy couple weeks uh, with the new Las Vegas Bowl. All right, we are going to talk about the Las Vegas Bowl. We'll uh, even uh, get to your thoughts on Army Navy tomorrow. Uh, Double B's uh, favorite game of the year every year. I circle it when the year comes out and saying, okay, well this is a good day I can do something else on a Saturday. But, you know. <laughs> I do like the pageantry of it, but the, the football is not exactly the uh, up to speed over the last uh, oh, 30 years or so. I think uh, I'm setting the under over on total passes complete this year, three and a half. What do you want? I'll take the over. You'll, you'll take the over? I'll take the over, okay. yes. Three and a half is a very low number. <laughs> Plus, I, 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 I handicapped the game, and I told you I didn't. Yeah. That Army gets well ahead, and then Navy's going to be forced to pass. All right. So we'll dive into that today as well, too. All right. John Sassetti, the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, it's going to be a great uh, Las Vegas Bowl this year. A lot of changes on the horizon here. And uh, this year, the Las Vegas Bowl moves from the uh, cozy confines of uh, Sam Boyd Stadium. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, we're all saying thank goodness for that. And uh, now the Las Vegas Bowl takes residency at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, we got a great game. we got Wisconsin from the Big Ten coming to take on Arizona State from the Pac-12. Uh, John, great bowl game. Uh, talk about pageantry and everything. I know you guys are going to do it up uh, big. You, you've done it big for the past 30 years uh, at Sam Boyd Stadium. And now you finally get to, to get to the new stadium 
at Legion Stadium for a marquee uh, event in a marquee game? Well, uh, for, I mean, for starters, this is the first time Wisconsin's ever going to play in Las Vegas, and we don't have to bring in temporary bleachers to, uh, <laughs> right. to handle them. Um, for, for those of you that have been out to the, some of those UNLV games back in the day at Sam Boyd, it was funny because, uh, and, and I actually worked on campus there at that time, but they bring in the temporary bleachers, which was an extra 7,500 to 10,000. Uh, the entire stadium would be red, and then UNLV would take 1,000 pictures of that stadium and then use that right. As, right. as their collateral <laughs> Showing the stadium full of full of red, so yeah. we we know what Wisconsin's capable of. I'm pretty sure the last game that they were here was the lights out game, if I remember correctly. Two thousand and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty seven to seven. I didn't cash my under or uh, my or my uh, Wisconsin bet. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people at Wisconsin <laughs> that have not forgot that because oh, they no. asked me how, what the light situation is. You actually remember is. the year that double V? You remember that? Uh, I looked it up before the show. Oh, you did. I looked it up before the show because I remember having the chat with my dad about the game. I go, I go, we're not going to get paid here. We're not going to get paid here. I tell you who really. Doesn't forget that those sportsbook operators. Yeah, that was not a because a game must go 55 minutes yes. in order to cash a ticket. Yes, the little known 55 minute rule came yeah. into effect. Right, <laughs> by by like a minute and a half too. Yeah, right? it, was like, it, was, it was like two minutes ish. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't talk your way out of that one at the at the, uh, at the cashier stand for yeah, that one. I don't think so. Nah, that one hurt. On. You know, <laughs> the game you know, was never in doubt. Not uh, as bad as then when the Pac-12 declared a game official and then an hour later added a score. With Arizona and Utah, Arizona State and Utah, a few years ago, okay. which changed both the over/under and the winner right, right. and the point spread. So that what happens there? If you cash your ticket right away, we, you, you're, you're free and clear. We, we, <laughs> went, we, we went. I was next door at the time. We went with the uh, official when it was done official. Okay. You know, people came up and oh, this is what it was. I, we've we've declared this one right. official. Yeah. That was not fun either, though. No, that's <laughs> some crazy scenarios, no doubt about it. Okay, John, talk a little bit about the the procedure in selecting the teams. And I know last Sunday was the, the selection day, and I think it's very, very inter- interesting. You and I have talked about this before, and, and I've talked to a lot of listeners since then, and a lot of people had no idea how these bowl games get their teams. Now, just to go back to the history here, the Las Vegas Bowl has had a history in, in recent times of taking the Mountain West you know, conference uh, you know, champion, basically, against a Pac-12 team, and that's what we've seen at Sam Boyd Stadium. And we've seen some, some great games, and sometimes that hasn't worked. We got Houston a couple years ago as well, too, and we've, we've had some fantastic games. But now you've aligned yourself with the Pac-12, the SEC, and the Big Ten, and it will be a rotating basis now where the Pac-12 will always have a spot in the Las Vegas Bowl, and then it will be every other year. So this year it's the Big Ten. Next year it will be SEC opponent. I know a lot of people are really looking forward uh, to that and these improved matchups. So talk a little bit about how this went down and even take us through the last couple weeks. Again, you're selling tickets to this game that no one knows who's going to be playing but I believe you sold like thirty-eight or forty thousand tickets, sight unseen, right? Yeah. <laughs> Including Double B. Yeah. Well, I'll start. I'll start with the first part in 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 how the teams are selected and. Believe it or not, it, there, there is there is some strategy to it. We we kind of do our homework and we look at a lot of different scenarios there. When when this game first started, um, it, it was owned and operated by the convention authority, and it was it was designed to just drive traffic to Las Vegas the week before Christmas, which was the only slow time. The there was no full time staff, there was no dedicated staff. The committee consisted of four local business leaders, five local business leaders that went into the to, to the guest house of the old district attorney Roy Woofter and his guest house was 3500 square feet and 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 he converted the whole thing into an, a huge bar 
neons and pool tables and ping pong. It was the it was the coolest thing ever. And these these five dudes would sit around the room, drink Bud Light, eat barbecue, and go. We'll take this team. That sounds good. And that's exactly how they did it for the first 10 years. Uh, the way we do it now is obviously a little more strategic. We look at the potential teams that are in our window. We look at alumni bases. We look at alumni bases on the West Coast and how close they can get here. We look at air travel and the cost of air travel from each particular market. We look head-to-head matchup. And then we, we dive a little deeper, right? It, it goes into, is this coach rumored to go to another job? We look at that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you straight up, part of the reason we, we in the Pac-12 side, we got down to Arizona State and we got to down to UCLA as our two possible options, uh, our, our group was kind of split down the middle. So we had to take another dive into a, a second layer of research and said, okay, what is the separator here? Separator one for UCLA was LA, larger TV market. Uh, one of the separators for ASU, quite frankly, was what UCLA and what UCLA fans have been doing the last couple of weeks and have coming up the last couple of weeks. Keep in mind, they played Gonzaga, number one versus number two at T-Mobile. They played UNLV. They're playing North Carolina this week here, and they have a home basketball game against Arizona the night of our game. Our group thought that, first of all, those were too many trips to Las Vegas for their fans, and a lot of their fans really, from what we've heard and what we thought, them being a basketball school, wanted to be there for that Arizona game. That's a huge game. Um, so so we, we really dive deep into it. One of the things that, and, and this meeting was probably the most productive meeting that we've ever had, and, and the things that we broke down and the things we, we analyzed and discussed, one of the guys on our committee was, uh, up until recently, was the, the research and analytics officer for the Raiders. And he's like, I want to have some fun with this. Let's get even deeper. And so he came up with all these ideas that next year we're going to really, really dive in with some, as he puts them, some really nerdy stuff uh, that, that, that is going to help us break this down. Because, quite frankly, next year is going to be even more difficult, in my opinion. We're, we're, we're dealing with the SEC. Um, we're, we're out of the SEC's typical footprint for bowl games. Um, so we're really going to need some data. We're really going to need some research into trying to make a good decision. And if we're in a position like the SEC was this year, where 13 of the 14 teams played in a bowl game, we're going to have some choices to make and some hard decisions to make. Uh, it's not always about, you know, that, that brand recognition. Now, now, we got real lucky this year. We got the team that we, we eyed from day one as the brand, as the traveler, as, as the team that's going to be excited to come here. Um, it's, but, you know, who's to say next year? We, we're looking at a, a lot of good brands in the SEC, right? What is, what, what's the differentiator? You know, that is amazing that, you know, when, you, when you're talking about picking teams for, the, for this bowl game, you would think it would just basically be about, okay, who travels well, record, who's playing well. You know, coaches, you know, we, you guys have had bowl games before where coaches have been on the way out and that sort of thing. But you're taking into effect other sports, like with the basketball, and that, that is amazing. Yeah. Double B, you're a UCLA uh, alumnus. You go to football, basketball, that stuff. For you, and you think that with Bruin fans, is that a factor? Absolutely. About too, too many trips to Las Vegas Absolutely. And, and considering basketball with us? John and I talked about it prior to the show starting. I knew it was a, a layup to go with Arizona State over UCLA because you can't expect the, the, the fan base to travel to the same city four times, mm-hmm. uh, especially, and he pointed out, I didn't quite realize that they had Arizona the same night in Pauley. Yeah. So uh, that's going to that's gonna splinter your your, your, your base, and uh, you don't really want to go up against that. Arizona State's a, a fine ball club with a marquee coach. They're the next state over. Uh, this is a great spot, and the, U, the, the Las Vegas Bowl has become a premier bowl. 
the, aligning with the Pac-12 every year and then bouncing between the Big Ten and the SEC, obviously the two best conferences in the, in the country this year, and typically they are, uh, makes this to be a premier spot. And so uh, I think it'll just keep getting better and better. Yeah, Wisconsin, iconic brand, like you said, travels well. In my opinion, John, I think you got the best 8-4 team in the country. In the Las Vegas Bowl. I mean, yep. you, can, you can make that argument. And we talk about Wisconsin, start off a little bit slow, then they really put things together. And you, you, you probably don't get them if they be beat Minnesota in that final game too, right? I mean, I, you got a little bit lucky with that. But this is still a fantastic football team with, you know, probably one of the best defenses in all of college football. Yeah, you're right. We probably do lose them if they if they um, if they if they win that uh, Minnesota game. We probably end up with Penn State. Um, which, again, not a bad consolation prize. <laughs> and, and I'll give you a good example when we talk about the research. You know, when all the rumors were going around around James Franklin, uh, yeah. I picked up the phone, I called their athletic director, and I said, hey, we, we're really taking a look at you. There's one question and one question only that we have about you. What's going on with your coach? And she goes, John, that's not something you should worry about. Trust me. <laughs> and two days later, they signed him that major right. extension. So, um, so yeah, it, it, listen, this was a year that we were in a in a great position any which way you looked at it. Uh, at any one point, we were looking at, I mean, we, Purdue and Minnesota were in our window, right? Mm. Both pretty good traveling teams, believe it or not. Maybe not the same brand as a Wisconsin. Right. Um, but Minnesota, I picked up the phone and I called the Outback Bowl guy. I said, hey, you had Minnesota recently. What do I need to know? He goes, John. They outsold Auburn. They brought twenty yeah, something thousand. Did. Minnesota outsold yeah. Auburn. Yeah. Think about that. Like, yeah. obviously, it's a it's a longer trip, different kind of brand. Uh, Auburn was going through, you know, some some coaching changes, but 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 they Purdue travels really really well. They were excited, and then you look at we were we were ultimately we were trying to make a decision between Penn State, Iowa, and and Wisconsin. And we all looked around the room and was like, if there's a three-sided coin, flip it. We'll take any of the three of them, right? Um, so we were in a really good position. That's where we wanted to be, and that's why we made the commitment to to step up and, and go with those conferences, just to put us in that position where we're looking at great teams and we kind of some can't misses, right? Um, and so, so it all worked out great in year one, and it was really important for us in year one to make a splash. Um, if 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 we're we're selling this thing as the new Las Vegas Bowl, the new home, the new date, the new matchup, year one is critical to make that splash. You don't want to have a a dud in year one. And and after everything we did to sell this as as a tier one bowl game, to your point, um, we had to we had to kind of knock it out of the park this first year. And I think we did a good job of that. Yeah, absolutely. When you go through the the selection Sunday part, you actually were on the clock and actually, I mean. Like you, I think you told a story before, where the for the Big Ten you had to wait to see who they picked for the Outback Bowl, the Florida Citrus Bowl, and then then you're basically up like that, right? And it is one of those things where it's almost like a a a draft, so to speak, where you know you, you're waiting your turn and you're seeing who's still alive, right? Yeah. Go into that a little it, bit. That's it, exactly right. Now now I was fortunate enough that that our new contact at the Big Ten, so the the associate commissioner for football. Uh, I've gotten to know him really well. He's become a friend very quickly. 
Uh, his name is AJ Eads. He, he played linebacker at Iowa. He played in the NFL for the Jets and the Patriots and uh, a number of different teams. So he's a football guy at heart, obviously. Uh, we became really good friends. And, and the process was um, at 11.45, the conference was going to call the Citrus Bowl. At 11.50, they were going to call the Outback Bowl. And at 11.55, they were going to call us. And luckily, AJ sent me a text before that it all started. He goes, hey, as a heads up, Outback's uh, thinking Penn State, which yeah. obviously was a, a, a huge shock to us. We thought yeah. that they were Wisconsin sure. all day long. Yeah. Um, so so what that did is that gave me essentially nine minutes to call all of our appropriate stakeholders and go, heads up, everything we talked about, everything we planned might be changing very quickly. Everybody good before I get on. And uh, luckily, everybody answered the phone right away. They were good to go. We went back, and, and, and you know, the world that we live in now, it wasn't even a phone call. We actually did a Zoom. Oh, okay. And uh, they loaded up the, uh, the, the, the first person on was the commissioner of the Big Ten. He had five people in the room around the table in the conference room. Uh, they put us in the room. Uh, they, put, um, they put one of our other folks in the room and, and basically said, okay, the Citrus Bowl picked this. Outback Bowl, pick this. You're on the clock right now. And listen, that, that process doesn't take very long. We just kind of throw it out. But what's really cool is then they, they, they patch in the athletic director, they patch in the head coach, and you get to officially, formally invite them over over the Zoom, which is, which is cool. And listen, we live in a world-class destination where everybody's really excited to come here. Um, and you could see it in their eyes. And, and, and uh, Coach Chris was, was fired up. I, I, I got to see him on the Zoom. And then two days later, he was here for the National Football Foundation. Right dinner and and he really is fired up to get here right. so i'll tell you who else is fired up to get here is barry alvarez he was <laughs> he was pushing everybody going i better go to vegas he's already he's already making plans at piero's yeah. he's got he's got the whole dinner lineup ready right. to go and uh and and I, I think i owe him dinner one of those nights too <laughs> which could cost me quite a bit could, yeah yeah barry can eat uh in, in uh, his crew there in wisconsin they, they can eat too so great stuff and then on the other side uh, very similar with uh, with Arizona State, or was there any any uh, situations there at all? There was, and I, I made the same phone call. I yeah. said, "Hey, look, there's you read stories. There's rumors going around." I, I called their athletic director. I said, "What's up with Herm?" Right, flat out, like mm-hmm. like, listen, because he is the face of that team and in that school right he, now. He is, and and listen, you can tell when an athletic director is not really. He's no AD is going to come out and go, "Yeah, John, I'm going to fire him in two days." Right, like he's yeah, right. not going to do that. But you could tell the way the conversation goes, too, right? I called up their athletic director, and I said, what's going on with Herm? And he said, well, hold on real quick. I want to tell you two things before we get into Herm. He said, our quarterback, contrary to all the rumors, he ain't transferring. He's good. He's staying. I will tell you honestly, straight up, our running back is probably going to sit out the game, which he's projected to be a first-rounder. But you, I, I owe you that to tell you that. So right then and there, I, 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 there was a certain level of trust. He said, as far as Herm, he goes, Herm ain't going anywhere. And he sat there and he read off stats, right? In the last 20 years, Arizona State's won nine games one time. We've won eight games, you know, nine games last year, eight games this year. He started right off. He goes, Herm, the people love him. The kids love him. This love, and, and, and he, he basically sold Herm. If you're going to fire your head coach, you ain't jumping on the yeah. phone telling me how it's the best winning season they've had here, the best two, ga- two years they've had in a row. And, and so, to me, that, that, that gave us a little confidence that Herm was going to be good. And I'll tell you right now, we had Herm in our game a few years back, if you remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about a head coach that, that 
that is 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 awesome for your game. Right. The first night we have uh, our coaches reception, we invite some committee people, we invite our key sponsors, our title sponsors. Herm walks up, asks their name, says how they're doing, talk about what do you do, tell me about yourself, give me this. Three days later, fast forward, we're at the last function of the game before the game back on the sideline. Herm comes running over and says, hey, TC, how you doing today? Did you enjoy the week? Remembers the names, remembers yeah. how they're doing. It, he's, he's as good as they get in that setting. And for us, that goes a long way. People are like, hey, coach remembered me. Coach said hello to me. Yeah. Like, he's, he's as good as they get. I'm, I'm a Herm fan. Um, you know, so, so look, we, we got two great coaches, and, uh, and I th- hopefully a good game. Now, we got two defensive teams, so, you know, I don't know if we're going to get the 52-48 <laughs> shootout that we would all love to get sometime, but uh, I think it's going to be a good football game at the end of the day. Yeah, it should be a fantastic game. And, and again, uh, you know, when you talk about Herm Edwards, I mean, this is a guy, if you're on the fence, you're going to, you know, hey, I'm, I, I want to go see Arizona State. And they know Arizona State because of Herm Edwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, the coach, believe it or not, I mean, plays a big factor mm-hmm. w- w- with football fans, especially, you know, people that, that remember him from the NFL and as a player and what he's done with Arizona State. And that was big news when he went to Arizona State, you know, many years ago. And I, I couldn't even fathom Arizona State talking about, I mean, firing him. But they have, I guess, a Underperformed a little bit, but still eight and four, still pretty good season. Yeah, I, I would say you know years ago when they hired uh, Herm Edwards, it was an eyebrow lifter because yeah. it was like, wow, how is he going to relate to kids? And he's built this team really in his image. Mm-hmm. He's a genuine guy. He's a stand-up guy on the sidelines. He's tough. Uh, they play really hard nose on the offensive line and defensive line. Then they got speed on the outside. So uh, they've become a very consistent team and, and a definite favorite in the in the Pac-12 South with SC being down the last couple of years. So uh, uh, they were right there, and uh, Utah just decided that they were going to play some football late in the season mm-hmm. uh, and, and took them down basically for the game to win that title. Right. Well, you, you, early, you hit the nail on the head. Early in the year, Arizona State was ranked, what, 14th in the country? Yeah. And, and, and the favorite to, to participate in the Pac-12 championship game from the South and a couple things didn't go their way. They lost a couple close ones as well along the way. But, um, you know, the one thing I forgot that I know the two of you are going to really appreciate that we – I totally forgot when we were, we were breaking down and analyzing the teams, and I just – it popped in my head as we were talking about a good game. We actually incorporated some additional research into our, into our program this year, which we've never done. We, we went to a, a friend of the bowl who uh, is in this, in this space right here, and we gave him our four potential teams, and we said – Give us the projected over-under and the right. projected right. Uh, line for each of these. So we, we're, we're now looking at it from a football perspective yes. too, right? Yeah. And so, and I'll tell you, th- these guys, they, in, in five minutes, they flipped it, turned it around, and gave us all the potential matchups and that they were. And when, as soon as we announced it, it was spot on. It's, yeah. It was unbelievable. So things that we never in a million years would have thought about, yeah. but for this year, for the first time ever, we had people kind of break it down from the – because, listen, I, I, I reached out to a, a buddy of mine who was a head coach who just recently got fired, and he had a lot of time on his hands. His, his day consisted of walking the dog. So I said, I got a job for you. Why don't you break down these four teams for me and tell me from a football mind what we should expect? And I took what he got, and I took what, what, what our friends in the desert had and uh, kind of married them together to give them to our group so that they had additional on-the-field football research as well, which, is, which was a huge play in it. 
And Wisconsin, a seven and a half point favorite, uh, you know, in the game. Yes. Uh, uh, that that dog is very live. It is very, <laughs> it is very, <laughs> very live. <laughs> and that's and, and that's what our team friend, can't score laying seven and a half. That's uh, that's that, tough. That's what our friends do here uh, behind the counter. They they <laughs> want to try to get two way action, and I think they're going to get some good two way action, you know, on this game. Well, I think it's a little inflated because I know how many people from Wisconsin will be in town. Yeah. And it'll drive that number. So you leave it at, at seven and a half to kind of tickle those guys to have to lay that number. Johnson said he joins us. The executive I feel like director. there was a tip there. Thank God he gave that before Colleen got here. Johnson said he joins us, the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl. We're looking forward to it. Remember, the Las Vegas Bowl now goes into that uh, approaching the New Year's Day window. It's December the 30th. It's going to be fantastic. Allegiant Stadium, Wisconsin against Arizona State. Do you have any idea about what kind of uh, numbers we can expect uh, from a crowd-wise? You're looking at a sellout, and then what would be the percentage or actually the number of people you think that will come from Arizona versus Wisconsin? You know, that's a great question. Um, I I will tell you that that the, the way of the world right now is uh, is is the late ticket purchaser, right? Mm-hmm. So so we started off the first couple of days, and in my mind, I was like, okay, we're going to be sold out in the first 24 hours, right? Like we have in in, in years past of things. The the market has changed, and the ticket buyer habit has changed considerably. And 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 what the reason for that is this is that one, we now operate in a stadium with with NFL fans and NFL PSL holders, right? A lot of those PSL holders bought the tickets for our game to simply flip them, right? Yeah. So there's, there's there's some tickets living on the secondary market. There are the, the secondary market has also gotten very savvy, right? They've learned how to acquire small chunks of tickets that they sit on. And so what what we see in the sports world now and especially in the event world is that the ticket sales start off really slow, really slow and then when you're about 10 days out or 14 days out, they just start going because what happens is there's so many different avenues to get them now. People are just they're, they're just paying attention, right? They're watching, going, all right, I can get this seat for this much. I can get this section for this much. And then they see it go down a little bit. They kind of ride it out. As long as they know there's still seats in the, thing, in the stadium and not going to get shut out, they can kind of ride the wave a little bit, and you just get you get hammered late. Um, so so I, I expect the stadium to be pretty full. I mean, we you know, the Allegiance listed as 65,000. It's not actually 65,000. 65,000 is there that they can get in if they need to right. because you have to hit the 65,000 threshold for Super Bowl and National Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so can they get it in there? Sure. But for our game, we're looking at 58,395 essentially. Okay. So being at 40,000 now, a little over 40,000, we've got about 17,000 to go. Again, the, the, you know, the late ticket buyer can, can certainly come in, especially when you're talking about a Wisconsin, right? We, we know what they're capable of. Um, and, and look, tickets sell every single day. It's not like we've gone a couple days without selling tickets. They're, they're, they're moving. Um, they just start to move a little bit faster as we get closer. But to, to, to your second question, I'd be shocked if it wasn't, you know, kind of, kind of, sixty forty or even, you know, seventy thirty Wisconsin. That's just that's just who they are, right? right? So, you know, that's no knock on Arizona State. It's just Wisconsin's a, a different animal. Yep. Yeah, they, they get to leave Wisconsin, first of all. Absolutely. And, yeah. and while we're all freezing in our coats today at 50 degrees in Las Vegas, they'd be, they'd be in T-shirts. Uh, I, I, hit the pool. I, I hate to tell you, but I had our social media team constantly posting um, weather forecasts yeah. to the Wisconsin yeah. fans, especially on a day like this where it's like 68, 69 and completely sunny, and they're freezing their butts off yeah. over there. Our social media team's actually putting Las Vegas weather forecasts oh, yeah. into our stuff. Well, I mean, and you guys know I spent 12 years there, and, and I remember, you know, 
those uh, those teams, you know, even playing UNLV. I mean, they would just plan it. They could hardly wait to go. And then, again, the Rose Bowl games, you know, coming out, uh, it, it's amazing. And I've already had several people from Wisconsin say, we're coming on out. You know, we'll, 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 see, we'll see you here December the 30th. You know, I mean, that's how excited, you know, people in the great state of Wisconsin are yeah, about coming I, I think out it'll there. be about 5-1. to one. Yeah. 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 What surprised you? Did you go to the uh, Pac-12 championship game? I was there, and I, I talked a lot of crap to Utah. I said, there's a lot of red here, but it's not even going to compare to what Wisconsin was going to do. <laughs> right. But you, you're right. That was, that was probably 80-20. Yeah, it, it was, was uh, yeah. We were there last Friday, and, and, and I think we both were a little bit surprised at not just that, but just, I mean, there was 55,000 yeah. that, that were yeah, at the it game. Was great. And that yeah. was a, a great, raucous atmosphere. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story there is uh, as I was doing my research, at, at one point late in the season, Utah was in our window. And we've had Utah in the game. We know what Utah is capable of. I called over there, and, and I talked to some of the contacts that we have, and I said, uh, I said, hey, just out of curiosity, like we, we, we put in our contract that we are not required to take the loser of the Pac-12 game. We have a two-game slide. We can move however we want because the game's here. We're not going to expect a team to come back. Utah was kind of that one that we thought would still come back for us. Um, so I called there. I said, hey, what, what, what's your, what are you thinking? What's in your head? And they said, John, you know, we, you know, we have a chance at either you or the Rose Bowl, and we'd rather our fans be at the Rose Bowl or, or your game. Um, you know, the, the, the championship game, we're, we're not going to push that as hard uh, if we get a little bit. And then all of a sudden, they win the way they did, and they get another crack at Oregon, and the fans are like, screw that, we're going. Yeah. Right? Like, they, they didn't have to push it. They all came. Yeah, they, they massacred Oregon. Oh, it was, and that wasn't even a ball game. That wasn't a ball game. And you know, I, that I probably took Oregon right there too. For you, yeah. I have a little story for you there too. Is I told everybody under the sun that would listen that Oregon's a good football team, and it's really hard to beat up the same team twice right. in the span of three weeks on the field during the game. See a couple of the coaches that I know from Utah from our time here, and I said, "Hey, good luck today." He goes, "Oh no." He goes, "We're gonna kick the crap out of them." Yeah. <laughs> no coach has ever said that. Yeah. They always go, "Wow, you know, we got to play hard. We got a good yeah. team. You know, they're 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 saying everything they're supposed to say." I go, I go, "You seem very confident," which I don't ever hear from coaches that we're gonna kick the crap out of them. That's a good football team. Why are you so confident? He goes, "I'll see you after the game." Yeah. Game ends. I go down. He goes, "What I tell you? We're gonna kick the crap out of them," and it wasn't even gonna be close. And then I asked him. Then I said, "Okay." What did you guys see that as football guys? And they broke down everything that they see saw in film before. And he goes, and the kicker is, we didn't really change much of what we did to him last yeah. time. We did the same thing that we did to him last time. And you know what? Pretty pretty remarkable. You got to give you got to you got to give credit to the Utah coaching yeah. staff. They for, were just so much seeing more what they saw physical than that. And they were, and that was part and, of it. And that was it. I mean, it was just dominating from. And we were talking about this too because we heard the story break when we were driving to uh, after we left here, you're going to the stadium about Mario Cristobal, and I'm going. You know, the Oregon newspaper a columnist breaks this story and I'm going this has got to be in these guys heads already and they go how legit is this Miami doesn't even have an athletic director and they're sitting there you know courting Mario Cristobal but then after the opening kickoff I said to Brian I said they've checked out it's yeah, done I yeah. mean that had to be going on John you knew right away you knew right away how that game was going to go it was, yeah. a, it was a different level and and to your point they bullied you over oh. around they bullied them every way and I don't know you guys were kind of going on the air did you see I was walking in and I saw breaking news on Oregon that it sounds like they've they've found their guy as a head coach um, the defensive coordinator from Georgia apparently is going to be their guy. As I was parking, okay. 
There that was kind of coming on the wire. So There's check your it. I know news. You, you, you guys were setting news. up, so you may not have seen that yet. And <laughs> you've been engaged in this conversation, <laughs> not playing on your phone, so you right. may not have seen it. But <laughs> that's what I heard on the way in, uh, speaking of Oregon. All right. That's an interesting choice because Oregon hasn't played defense in quite some time. Right. He, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Not only that, but you're taking somebody that's 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 been as a defensive coordinator for a year and a half, essentially. Yeah, young guy. Uh, young guy, defensive guy. Oregon's not known to be a defensive school. Um, and you send them completely across the country. Uh, it, it was a it was a very unusual hire in my opinion. But I don't know anything about the guy. Um, but and I don't know his background, where he came from. But it, it seemed like an odd hire to me as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, it seems like a nice play against Oregon early next year. Thank you very much. There you go. Jeez. Uh, Oregon money burners for me. That team. All right. Johnson said to the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl, looking forward to on December the 30th, Wisconsin ASU. Uh, tickets available. Go get them. Tell them how they get them, John. Uh, our website, lvbowl.com, takes you right to the link. You, you, you know, modern-day technology, you could sit there and look exactly what seat you want, get a vantage point, and, uh, and anybody that's been to Allegiant Stadium knows that, you know, 58,000 seats in there, but, but there's really not a bad seat in there. The way they built that thing is, uh, you know, you can sit in the corner of the 300. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. There's a couple of 300-level tickets and a couple 200-level tickets that I've gone and uh, I sat down in and just kind of checked it out, right. and they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Quite frankly, some of them I like better than – being a little bit lower on that sideline, you, you just see more of the game. I, I sat more with this guy play. last week at the Pac-12 Championship game with the 300s. And you know, you know me, I'm a seat snob. I'm going, I don't know about this, but it was great. Uh, it, it, it was great. It's the first time I've it, actually been up there. The, the yeah. 300s anywhere between the 20s, yeah. no matter where you are, you got a great seat. They're yeah. fantastic. They're, you yeah. get to see everything yeah. open up. You start yelling at the QB. Hey, yeah. hey number seven, he's wide open. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But it really is. It's it a great spot. You see more of the football game, yeah. yes. right? Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, which is great. Yeah. Great stuff, man. All right. Uh, we'll get a chance, uh, hopefully, to get you back uh, and talk with you either uh, via phone or in person. But before I let you go real quick here, and we love talking college football with you, uh, did the committee get it right as far as the college football championship? As far as we know the teams are right, but did they get the order right with, uh, you know, a- Alabama 1, Michigan 2, uh, Georgia, and then Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I guess. I mean, listen. If you would, if you would have put Michigan one, I would not have argued with you. Uh, they lost a heartbreaker that they really could have won to a rival, a rival who at one point was number two in the country. I'm not going to argue that one. I, I, if you put Michigan first, cool. Uh, I will tell you, though, that I, I, I have a really good friend of mine who's a big Michigan fan, and before the show was coming, he kept coming, kept coming. What, am I, what do I do? What do I do? There was no way on earth, and I don't care right. what anybody says, that this didn't come into play. They were not going to have Georgia and Alabama kind of replay yeah. themselves at, at two versus three. They just yeah. were not going to do it, right? Um, so it, that – that was obvious to me. They, now, they say that doesn't have anything to do with it, and they put Alabama one. I, I, listen, I, I can see Michigan as the number one team, but they got the four teams right. You, you, can, you can argue Alabama and Michigan all day long, but I, they got the four t- right in the right spot, in my opinion. If they actually ignored the, the fact that, they, that that wouldn't play into effect, mm. Michigan should be number one. Don't no disagree. doubt about it. Don't disagree. Michigan beat the, the team 42-3, to dominated Ohio State, Arguably, who was number two at the time, lost a kind of a weird game on the road. Uh, it's hard to believe that they could be leapfrogged by a Bama team that looked miserable at times this year. So, uh, yeah, they beat Georgia, and they looked great in that game. The yeah. QB was out of his mind. Yeah. But uh, it, to me, it's a, it's a disgrace 
I personally think Michigan should be one, yeah. Alabama two, Georgia three, I, and Cincinnati well, and, four. And when it happened, too, right, you dominated the number one team in the country on is. the last week. It was front and center. Right. Yeah. Everybody jumped on what they saw that week mm-hmm. instead of looking back at what Michigan did during the course it, of the year. And right? let's, and let's they, don't forget this, too. They did dominate, but Georgia was inside the 20 twice, and yeah. that coach Kirby made some yeah. bad calls. The QB was dreadful. 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 And that's the difference in the game. Right. The QB was dreadful. Although the, the, the announcers on the game were like, oh, he's not doing so bad. Oh, yeah, he threw a pick six, and he missed guys that were wide open, where the Alabama guy made the play. He almost looked scared out he there. Looked he, looked, he looked terrible. He looked like he, he was running for he his life terrified. all day long, just yeah. scared. But. Stedford? Yeah, Stedford? Uh, Stenson better. And, yeah. and they should have went to JT Daniels, you know, weeks and weeks ago. But anyway, for me, real quick, it, it's three things. It is you beat the undefeated team, the consensus number one, you dominated them. Okay, that's that's the one thing. And I think, uh, again, you go back to uh, the Michigan situation. I think that there there is this, this, this thing, I don't know why, but history plays into itself. It's like Alabama, and we weren't expecting Michigan to be here. Michigan was on Michigan, the outside. They were, they were on ranked in. when the season started. Exactly. First one to First make one. it in there. Yep, and and yep. even going back a couple weeks ago when they were number five, and then they jumped into two. It's like, whoa, all of a sudden, well, this team is going to be there now. So I think past history you know, plays into that. And then, of course, the factor about the two, three, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to, you know, replay a game in a semifinal. So John, I think those John three hit it on the button. came in. John hit on the button. Yeah. It's all about they didn't want to replay it. Even yeah. though they said it over and over, that's the only thing. Well, now I you, still you might get the replay of the non-believers. I still think there's some non-believers on that committee about Michigan. Just there's because non-believers of the about all of them, though. Right? I mean, you could have dropped Georgia all the way out the way they played, right? Mm-hmm. And put Notre Dame in if you wanted. There's non-believers about Cincinnati. So, I mean, the, the only two that – the only one that really – is it was a shoe in was was Michigan at two if they won get in then they went forty two to three, and they don't go to number one that's that's criminal. Yeah. All right, man. We'll look forward to it. All right, my man, John Sassenti. We appreciate you, brother. Be good. Thanks for stopping by today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. As we love the Las Vegas Bowl. It does a fantastic job. Thirty years. And here we go. And, and and Double B, he does his homework. Last week we talked about you. Last week, the first overtime game in college football. Where was that at, John Sassetti? That was at the Las Vegas Bowl, Sam Boyd Stadium. There it is. Uh, we also had the first female to ever play in a in, a, in a Division One game as well. Kicker, right? Katie Nida yeah, from Katie New Nida. Mexico. I yeah, I remember yeah. that exactly. We've had a couple firsts. Yeah, we go back. We go back to that uh, that game, right? Uh, Toledo mm-hmm. uh, beat Nevada, forty to thirty-seven. Yeah, I was on the uh, again. Nineteen ninety-five. Side of that one. There, there it I had is. great seats for that yeah. game. Yeah. He brought that up last week. Yeah. He goes, we we're talking about first overtime game. He goes, oh, that was the Las Vegas Bowl. What? Okay. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> and and real quick, I know you got to go. Yeah. Some 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 historic stuff going on this year because it's yeah. our thirtieth year. Every five years we do our new Hall of Fame class. But uh, and, and these are games that you guys seen. We we're putting Kellen Moore in uh, from Boise State mm-hmm. and, and uh, Chris Peterson, former Washington, mm-hmm. former Boise State head coach, uh, into this year's Las. Vegas Bowl cool. Hall of Fame class, so so two pretty good dudes in my opinion. Yeah. And we know the festivities That's will great. be fantastic leading up to the Las Vegas Bowl on December 30th as well. All right, John, I appreciate you. When we come back, uh, we'll start talking a little bit more uh, college football and the NFL as well too. Jay Schrader will join us next hour. We are live from the Cosmopolitan on a Football Friday. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! Is now in. There we are, live at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. My chocolate milkshake is being delivered right now. You, you gotta love it. <laughs> you can get anything at the Cosmopolitan. It doesn't matter. You, whatever you ask for, you can get it. 
I mean, the, the milkshakes up at Holstein's, outstanding, everywhere. It doesn't matter. No, I'm just... <laughs> The service that I get here is fantastic. Fantastic. You got to do the, the, the black and white there. The, the, the black and white is fantastic. You're an expert at, yes. the, at yes. the food that will kill you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and, and a great milkshake uh, at the Henry, too, by yeah. the way, too. You can have that with that uh, bacon jam burger with the tater tots. You throw the, the, the milkshake on top of there. I'm good for the rest of the day. You're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Except for post-show, remember? Last time you did that to me, we yeah. had no pre-show. Yeah, pre-show, you were, you were ready to lay on the couch yeah, here. I was. Yeah. yeah. And you'd be re- revitalized. But, uh, yeah, great spots, of course, here at the Cosmopolitan. And, again, a great thank you. Um, we had uh, uh, my good friend Dusty Baker in town. Uh, brought him to the Cosmopolitan for the first time. A fantastic dinner at Blue Ribbon. Great time at the barbershop. Uh, highly recommend. But you did not tell me that uh, when you made the reservations uh, uh, for us that we were going to experience Steel Panther at the barbershop. I, you know, I was unaware who was going to be there that night. <laughs> so I figured you'd be in bed regardless because they didn't go on until like 1030. But it sounds like you went late into the night. No, no, we did. Right, we, we, we got there. We got there early. Uh, <laughs> got, got there at nine o'clock. Uh, enjoyed a great acoustic uh, guitar. Yes. Uh, a guy was playing. It was fantastic. And uh, and then yeah, we said we we got to hang. And then all of a sudden, the rock and I, roll. I, I, I run into our, our good friend John Jiggy Maxwell, uh, John Jiggy Maxwell, who is the uh, uh, media relations director of the Las Vegas Aces. And he looks at me across the bar, and he's going, "What are you and Dusty Baker doing at a Steel Panther concert?" I go, "What are you talking about? <laughs> we're, we're we're just here enjoying the ambience." He goes, "Oh, well, get ready for this." Yeah. Okay, we we'll get ready for it, and we loved it. <laughs> it was fantastic. That's fun. It was great. Yeah, it's a it's it's a great room. Yeah. It's a great room. It's it's highly sought after. Yeah. So uh, if you want to come down to the Cosmopolitan, uh, make sure you get on there. Uh, go to the, the the Click website and book yourself a table because uh, that room is on fire. Yeah, it's really it's a lot of fun. It's uh, the four four twos are there this uh, weekend. They're fantastic. And, okay. Uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. In fact, my sister will be there this weekend. She's going out uh, for somebody's 50th birthday. They're all turning 50 now. So, okay, okay. Uh, they'll be at the barbershop late Saturday night. She's like, oh, will you make it there by 1130? I go, at night? Yeah. Uh, no. No, I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone. I said it's not New Year's, so forget you got, about it. You got to let me know who, who who will be there next weekend, too, because might be making a return trip for a little birthday Perfect. celebration with that. So uh, looking forward to it. But, yeah. Uh, Again, the crew at Blue Ribbon, as always, uh, Johnny, Chachi, everybody there, fantastic. Uh, uh, the crew loved it. So we had, we had Dusty Baker, Jacques Jones uh, joined us as well, too, former Major League Baseball player. Uh, they were just enthralled. They said, uh, you know, fantastic time. And uh, Johnny's a big Dusty fan, right? Oh, big time, yeah. yeah. He, he got a couple baseballs signed. Good. So you know, it, it was all good. I remember Dusty well from, from when uh, he was on he was on deck Yeah. when, when Hammer and Hank Absolutely. hit the home run, right? Uh, yeah. Hammer and Hank was his mentor, yes. was, his, was his idol, so... Uh, yeah, great stuff. Uh, so they got to experience Cosmopolitan. Thank you very much for that. You guys do a fantastic job, as always. All right. Uh, Jay Schrader is in the house. We're going to wait till 3 o'clock, but Jay just said, hey, I- I'm coming in. I'm coming in early. He, wa- he wants to throw some... Uh, uh, some T-shirts to the crowd here. What's going on, brother? I, I'm already up, so I figured I should walk <laughs> away before I should, you know, and all that. Hey, good to be back. How you guys doing? Nice to see you, stranger. Doing good, doing good. All, it, it can't be better here. 
uh, exciting times. We had the Pac-12 championship yeah. game. We got the Las Vegas Bowl coming up. We've had lots of great basketball. Yeah. And now we've got bowl season, so it couldn't be any better from a sports standpoint. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about UCLA, uh, and John Sassendi just uh, uh, left, you know, the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl, and he said it came down to basically Arizona State and UCLA, who they were going to choose to be in the Las Vegas Bowl. Brought up a great point that I don't think a lot of people think about. He said UCLA has made so many trips here, you know, with, with basketball and, yeah. and everything else is going on. They thought, you know what, you know, maybe the fans may not come back. And then, you know, they got to, and they'll be back here again next Saturday for the CBS Sports Classic with right. UCLA, Ohio State, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Yeah, they play right. North yeah. Carolina yeah. this year. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, th- those four teams will, will do it again like uh, we've seen before. And then that UCLA-Gonzaga game, which... You were out there a couple weeks ago. Uh, fantastic as well. And then they played UNLV as well. So we can't get enough of, of the Bruins here in Las Vegas. Well, you know. You got you, two Bruins you, you, sitting UCLA, with you right now. UCLA is a global brand, TC. I've heard so that. you got to get used to seeing them at, uh, up at the top <laughs> and seeing them on there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. it. You know, Yankees, UCLA, you know, we're right there next to each other. That's right. Uh, here comes Don Perdue. He remembers going to the UCLA game when we whacked his LSU Tigers yeah. early in the year. Wow. When those Bayou those Bengals are... thought they were going to come in and push us around. Yeah. But no, the yep. Bruins uh, took care of them. That seemed like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it, was, it was a lifetime <laughs> ago. First week of <laughs> September, right? I, I guess the big question is, is, uh, is UCLA going to keep their coach? Yeah, yeah that, that, you know what? It is a question, but I, I believe he'll be there. I, I, I personally, I, I couldn't imagine uh, him being wooed back to Oregon. Why go back there? I don't, I don't, I don't really see it. Uh, John said he, he, he felt as though there was already an announcement, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, Oregon the defensive coordinator, I guess, from Georgia is going to take the job at, at Oregon. And it, it seems like a, a little bit of a strange hire. But, I mean, how weird would that be for Chip Kelly to, to leave UCLA? There'd be a big buyout there as well, too. And you're staying in the conference and you're going back to Oregon. Yeah, when I, when I heard that, I was a little skeptical about it, that. It would be a tough gig to go back to a place where you had success and, you know, be expected to jump right in and do it again. Um, he's found it a, a little difficult at UCLA. He can't recruit the same type of athlete uh, to get into UCLA. It's a little different, you got it, you know, uh, and all that. But uh, I think things are turning around and, you know, I don't see him leaving. It's just it was interesting that Oregon reached out. I thought it was kind of unique too that they would go back into the well. Right. Yeah, the only one I could think of is, is Snyder at K State, but he was still part of that program. Which sure. was really, yeah. His, yeah. his name was on the field. Yeah, right. he was the head coach. A- absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of odd. Yeah, he was yeah. in the athletic department there <laughs> right. still. Exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, Jay. Let's get your. We'll talk to you next hour uh, about the NFL. Uh, give me your thoughts about uh, the. The committee. You think that they got it right with the college football playoff and and, and the order and everything, and 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 how are we going to break down these uh, these two games? I, I think they did get it right. I think uh, Cincinnati's very deserving to be in there. Uh, I'm glad that they picked them over, you know, a, a one loss or a two loss team out of a big conference. Uh, this is a shot for them to go in and play well. And I think the committee, they really didn't have a choice. Once they named Alabama number one, um, they had to make two and three so there wasn't a rematch. You know, they didn't want to go back-to-back games with with Georgia and Alabama. So uh, I think that's the only way it could have shaken out. Uh, I think there'll be some interesting games. Um, Cincinnati's got got his hands full. Right. You know, they're going up against the big boy. And uh, But they could also, you know, rock the world and, and play well. I don't know if they necessarily have to win 
but I think if they play well and are in the game, uh, they'll get a lot of credibility to everybody else that's around the country looking to make that shot. You know, we've seen teams in the past who get that number four spot. Oklahoma comes to mind. They've been there several times, and then, then they get blasted. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, even kind of including myself, I think that Cincinnati, they get in, but then here we go again. I yeah. mean, how deserving are they? And, again, this, the, the conference and the American, they did struggle against teams like Tulane, Tulsa, Navy, but they did turn it up. Yeah. They beat they beat uh, Houston pretty soundly, 35 to 20, even though the game was on Cincinnati's home field. But uh, I still think there are a lot of non-believers, you know, well, you know, with Cincinnati. What is your thoughts? Here's my thoughts on that. Um, I think the Cincinnati first-teamers can hang in for a while. I think Alabama's just too big and too deep. Uh, Alabama can roll guys in and out on the defensive line. Cincinnati can't. Cincinnati's got that first defensive line, and I think that's going to be the the second half is going to be the big tail of the game because I just think Alabama wears them down. Uh, there's too big and too much talent all the way through the the system. I, I think the problem is Cincinnati. They're a fine ball club in their in their little conference that they play in, but they don't have to play the big boys weekend and week out and the the rivalries and the trophy games and everything you see in the Big Five conferences. And yes, they're the Pac-12 or the Big. 12 could be down a little bit, maybe even the ACC, but it's hard to go unblemished through conference play. It really is, and there's no way anybody in this country would say Cincinnati would have gone undefeated in any of these conferences, and then they would have been out of the, the, the conversation, and that's what people are just not believing yet, because you see them and with your eyes, they don't have the speed, they don't have the pop that you see when you watch Alabama play or Georgia play or Michigan play, so that's why they're a 14-point dog. Yeah. And you go back to Alabama, Georgia last week. I know we were, we were debating that, and everyone was talking about the Georgia defense. A- Alabama put up, what, 421 yards uh, you know, uh, against them? Or actually, it was even, even more than that, wasn't it? It was, uh, yeah, yeah. Bryce Young had 421 passing yards. Passing yards, yeah. And uh, 536 yards, Alabama just rolled over them. And people go, okay, that's the Alabama that we're accustomed to seeing. Well, I and think, it, yeah, I think you look at it, and I think those kids on Georgia had to be shocked. They hadn't given up over 19 points in a game. And they're looking at a halftime score. They're going, uh, what just happened? I you know, know that's in a half. And also, I'll, I'll go to Brian's point. I think that's exactly it. Because when you look at the, and we talked about this last Friday, is that you looked at the schedules. Even though they're in the same conference, Alabama had a much tougher schedule. Georgia didn't play anybody. Right. And and that that showed. And, you know? and you're, you're going up the week before. You watch the Alabama quarterback get sacked nine times by an inferior team in Auburn. Right. And then they can't get close to him. Yeah. yeah. He's just he, – he's masterful. Masterful. He hit the middle of the field. He hit people in stride. I mean, he had the game of a lifetime against Georgia on the main stage. So that was a real surprise to me, just the quality of quarterback play and the difference, the poor quality of play right. that uh, Bennett – had yeah. for uh, for Georgia. How much of that goes to Nick Saban, though? For, for in that week, making the adjustments and saw what happened against that game against Auburn, and then you know you could say you know Alabama has had Georgia's number in the past, and, and it happened again. And a lot of people weren't giving Alabama much of a shot; they were six and a half point underdog. But maybe the subtle coaching changes, like you you said. Bryce Young, he he was clean that entire time, and he oh, had yeah. all day to pass. Yeah, and let's be realistic here. It's Nick Saban. Yeah, absolutely. He, he has those coaching national championships yeah. for a reason. He was going to make adjustments. And to come out and to dominate, as you said, Brian, the, the way they dominated the defensive line was phenomenal. 
because, you know, Bryce Young was just standing back there. Mm -hmm. And he was having a field day. Uh, and anytime you can do that, uh, your quarterback's going to be successful. But, yes, the subtle coaching changes were huge. I thought, I, I'm sure he challenged his offensive line during the week and said, hey, we're going to go as far as you go. And those guys stepped up. Yeah, because I've seen Alabama twice really struggle. Yeah, LSU, they struggled. I mean, yeah. and LSU's defense, I watched them point blank. They are not good. Mm -hmm. And they're not good against a number of teams, not just the UCLA game. And they, they, Alabama couldn't move the ball an inch against them. And to see them come out against a Georgia team that was, was bordering on a, a legendary defense. We talked about yeah. it at length. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, they had only given up seven touchdowns the entire year going into that game. And they just got blitzkrieged. Yeah. I mean, they, were, they, were, they didn't have the speed in the backfield, and they didn't have. They said that the QB had only thrown 11 passes in the fourth quarter all year. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Well, guess what? He, uh, he was desperate at that point. So, uh, uh, and then when but, he threw the pick six, and they, they blew the, a couple opportunities to really stay in that game, that was, that was a telltale sign that they, there was a little bit of a panic uh, on the Georgia side. Well, the telltale sign in the game was Bryce Young is standing back there with all day and is not getting hit, mm -hmm. and Bennett's getting rocked. Yep. And um, take it from me, it's no fun getting rocked. And I don't care how tough you are, how many years you've been doing it. It's no fun standing back there getting hit all the time. And you start getting the ball out early, trying to get things done. And obviously Bennett did that, yeah. and they were they were struggling. Especially but, especially when you played, because uh, there, there was no protection passer. Yeah, they could actually, the they could actually hit me back when yeah, I played. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Repeatedly hit you. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was a couple calls in those Raider games where, where Mad Max – got called for a, a, a rough in the quarterback that was just out, out crazy. Oh. It wasn't even close. I know. All right, we'll talk about the NFL uh, on, on the other side. Jay <laughs> Schrader is in the house, the former quarterback and uh, Super Bowl champion uh, joined us here uh, like he uh, often does, and we appreciate him being here. All right, hour number two on the way here at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. We've got our best bet segment. Jay, I hope you got your three best NFL plays, and you got to make an Army-Navy play as well. So you, you got start it. Start doing your homework if you haven't already. <laughs> there, there, there it is. We got that. Calling the handicapping queen. She's going to make her way down the aisle as well, too, and, uh, and, and join us uh, with our best bet segment coming up uh, next hour. So we are live at the Cosmopolitan in Inside the beautiful, luxurious sportsbook, of course, powered by William Hill at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Don't you dare go anywhere on this football Friday. Smith will keep it. He dies for the end zone. He's got a touchdown. Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs Kingdom history. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Car out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crabtree. He caught it. He caught it. He caught it. The Raiders have the lead. 35-34. <laughs> it's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. Football now. Hey, that was a good start. Hey, that was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now in. 
Hour number two here on a Football Friday Live from the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas TC Martin Show along with Double B, Brian Benowitz. John Sassini joined us uh, last hour, the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl. We're looking forward to that as Wisconsin's getting ready to take on Arizona State on December 30th. Great stuff there. This hour, our best bet segment. And the quarterback, Jay Schrader, in the house. We talk a little NFL. And uh, did you see Double B when Jay Schrader came up to the table here today to put on his headset. Do you see what he did? He did the fake slide. <laughs> and then he kept going. Did you see that? He did. He did a he, pump fake down. I pump. pulled up, and he went right past me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, now, uh, the breaking news here today, ladies and gentlemen, if you saw Kenny Pickett from uh, Pittsburgh last week uh, in the yeah. ACC championship game against Wake Forest, uh, went with the uh, fake slide. The Wake Forest defenders just said, whoa, wait a minute. And a uh, 58-yard touchdown today. Uh, the uh, NCAA football, whatever you want to call them, I don't even think they have a really, a, you know, they don't have a commissioner or committee, whatever. But uh, the rules committee says no more fake slide. They are now going to starting starting tomorrow, tomorrow's game, <laughs> Army Navy. But you don't have to worry about that with Army Navy. Yeah, there will be no fake slide. Because, because I, I think the total passes uh, thrown yeah. will be like you know five and a half. You know, <laughs> you know, I'll take the under. But anyway, yeah, the fake slide. Now, if you do that. Uh, dead ball, whistle blown. They marked the ball right then and there. That's uh, great. I, I let's agree talk, with that. Let's, let's talk to the, the former quarterback who took plenty of hits. There was no yeah. fake slides. I didn't, have a, I didn't have a chance to right. even fake slide, much less <laughs> fake slide. But, uh, but I think that's the only thing they can do, okay, yeah. because, uh, Brian, as you were saying off air, it, it's marked where they start to slide anyway. Right. So if you, if you initiate that slide in any form, the ball's dead. And it's there's just protection, and sometimes they go overboard and all that. So I think they made the right call, but it was a heck of a play by the kid, you know, to do it the first time. Yeah. Somebody's got to test the waters, and he got away with it. So yeah. uh, it was a heck of a play, but I think they made the right decision. Once you start any form of slide, you're down. So you just got to go from there. Let me ask you this. In your opinion, is there any difference from that compared to the fake spike that we've seen the old Dan Marino it did many, many years ago, and then other quarterbacks will go ahead and they'll fake that, and then they'll continue, like when they're trying to kill the clock we, or something. We've all done that. We've yeah, all done we, it, right? We've right? all done that. Isn't I did, it, I did that just, against the Chargers. Exactly. One there you go. Just uh, gamesmanship. Good gamesmanship, um, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, it comes down to a quarterback can pump fake, but and it's not a safety issue. Right. Okay, this, that, that's what it, the, the difference is. It's not a safety issue. They're trying to protect both players. If they don't call the kid down when he fakes the slide, somebody's going to blast him when he starts the slide. And then if the defensive guy's going to get a penalty, and he's like, well, I didn't, if, didn't know if he was going to pull up or not. You know, you got that gray area. Uh, a pump fake, you know, as long as that ball's in your hand as a quarterback, to me, you're still a live bullet. So uh, you you got to play it out. All right. Jay said it all. He said it all because, I mean, that guy fakes the punt. He, he fakes and then he goes down again and somebody blasts him yeah. and he gets a 15 yards and a targeting maybe. Right. Yeah. He can't play he the next ejected. week. Right. I mean, it's or the, the next half of the next game. It's, it's, it's not fair. Yeah. The defense already has enough for them not to know, mm-hmm. should I hit him or should I not hit right. him? Uh, it, it's crazy. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, – uh, he got away with it. And, of course, they went on and won the football game big. Yeah. But at the time it was 0-0. Right. But th- this goes back to – you know, where they try to protect the quarterback. And as a former quarterback, that has just got to drive you nuts, especially in, in the day and age when you played, when, you know, guys were saying, hey, football is football. And unfortunately, yeah, you had to take 
you know, tons of hits. You didn't get probably – you could probably count how many roughing the passer penalties that you had in one hand, right? Probably, uh, probably hardly zero I, almost, right? Yeah, I, I bet there's one hand, if, one hand, if yeah. that. Even if that, that, right? If that. Uh, you know, I was in the league, and I think we discussed this before, but my third year in the league they came and they said, we're going to start protecting the passer, and we're not going to give him more than two steps. Yeah. <laughs> Which meant once we released the ball, if he took more than two steps and hit us, right. that it was a flight. But right. they still had those two steps because mm-hmm. uh, prior to that, we got hit every play. Yeah. And heaven forbid you throw an interception, well, okay, I mean, because you were the target. You're fair game, um, yeah. And now it's it's kind of reverse, and I think it's – it's good because it's got good and bad points. Uh, it's good because the game is much more athletic and they're throwing the ball all over for TV, fantasy football, all that. That's the reason for it. It's bad because the day of the tough guy quarterback that maybe isn't as talented but can rally his team because he stands there every play, those days are gone. And when you look back on some of the guys – even the guys that I grew up watching, the Johnny Unitas's, the Bart Stars, okay, the Burt Joneses, Burt jo- number okay, seven, okay. <laughs> I mean Terry Bradshaw. These guys, they stood there, and that was part of the game. That hey, we're going to be the tough guy. We're going to stand here, and you're going to have to hit us a lot to get us out of the game. Don't forget about Kenny Stabler. Yeah, Kenny Stabler, yeah. Snake, number twelve. There you go, another number twelve. Um, Tom Brady. His his career has been extended maybe because of this and a no lot question. of other quarterbacks. Yeah, no you know, question. Because I mean, you can't touch the quarterback anymore. I mean, it's, it's got to be a little bit frustrating for a guy like yourself who who played and, and, and took those hits and everything, and and, and you, teammates of yours and even uh, guys on the other side had careers shortened. Right. You know. You know because of, of those type type of injuries. Well, I look at the guys that I played with. Um, and every time we see each other, we compare how many surgeries yeah. we have and different things, you know, how many titanium pieces we have in us and, and all that. And it was kind of, uh, you know, that's just what we did. Uh, nowadays, you know, these guys, you know, you, you're Tom Brady, oh, he had a scope because he had a meniscus tear. We were like, okay, so we had a scope on Monday and played on Sunday. Right. But, you know, what? Right. what's the deal? Yeah. You know, and we played the whole year that way because it's just what we did. So uh, the game has changed in that regard. Uh, but as I said, it's it's more wide open because of fantasy football and the way it's played and, and all that. And people are like, oh, that doesn't have an influence. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. The, the, the rules of the game have changed greatly uh, to, enhance that, mm-hmm. to enhance that profile. Jay Schrader joins us, the, the former quarterback. Let's go back to last Sunday's game at Allegiant Stadium. Your two teams, your former teams, are playing against each other. It, was, uh, not, it was not a pretty game to watch. It wasn't. Yeah. It really wasn't. Um, you know, I would say neither team played well. Uh, and it came down, you know, <clears throat> both teams kind of struggled offensively. Nobody could do anything. I was very disappointed in the Raiders that in the first half they really didn't take any deep shots. Mm-hmm. They didn't stretch the, they didn't stretch them out. And I think they had some opportunities to, to take advantage of that, and they just didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Washington hung around in that game. And anytime you let a team hang around, I don't care what records are or anything else, you let a team hang around and get a little bit of excitement at the end of the game, you're in trouble. And, that, and that's what happened. In, in the first half, Zay Jones was open a number of times behind yeah. the defense, and they didn't even look down there. It was yeah. it was all going to be a drop down. Yeah. And it was disappointing to watch. And then seeing the Drake get hurt, I'm sure he's out yeah. for quite some time with his ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the game came down to one play. 
to me. Uh, no matter what happened before it, that kid's got to intercept that ball. It's right yeah, in his hands. Yeah. Right in his hands. You've got to make the play. And this team is not making the plays to make the game. Yeah. Against Cincinnati, against the Chiefs, they had opportunities to either pick the ball off or make the play, and they didn't. Yeah. And that's and, and then, of course, those games fell apart. But this one, it's yeah. one play. You intercept, the game's over. Trayvon well, Warwick had, I mean, had it, it and the, dropped the ball, it. Yeah, it, yeah, it hit him right in the hands. Yep. A, number one, if he catches it clean, he scores a touchdown. Oh, yeah, he's walking. B, even if he doesn't score a touchdown, game's, game's over. Game's over. Yeah. Done. Game's yeah. over because yeah. they can't get the ball back at that point. All you got to do is catch the ball. And, uh, you know, that was the old adage that we used to always say on offense. That's why he's a DB. <laughs> and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Jay Schrader fastball. Yeah. It, that, it wasn't when he was going to be thrown through the door, through the wall. That was one of the <laughs> probably one of the few mistakes that Tyler Heineke made, yeah. actually, in that game. I thought that he was much better than Derek Carr. Uh, like I said, Carr, you know, the two-point conversion, he just yeah. threw an errant pass, you know, on that one. But for me, I'm watching that game, and the way Washington just went down that opening drive, to me, they just looked like the better team that day. Uh, they were the smarter team that day. And for me, it, I, I couldn't see the Raiders winning that game. Even right. though they came down, they had a chance to tie it. But Washington, and I'm going to say, I'm going to credit Ron Rivera. I think he's a heck of a coach, and he's yeah. doing a great job. This team has won four games in a row now. And uh, they they just looked much better than the Raiders last week. There, there was a terrible call on Max Crosby early that extended a drive, and I think they ended up with a field yeah, goal. The officials were bad. Yeah. And, yeah, but but seven, yeah. all said and done, it's one play. You come up, and the guy floats the ball in the flat. You make a break on the ball, and it's right. I guess right there, and he can't, can't can't make the play to win the game. And that's what you need in this league. These wins and losses are going to be very difficult. I mean, that's different between being uh, above 500 or, or now they're what six and six. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 they're out of the playoffs now, as far like, as I see. It's like missing an open net, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can miss an open net sometimes. Yes. Yes, it does. It does happen. But it was such a shock in the game and a big point of the game to not have it happen. But but here's my concern with the whole deal. This is now three years in a row. This has come down to second half not being able to make plays. Right. And, you know, somewhere down the road, somebody, one of these young kids is going to have to change that. Somebody's got to go out and make a play and say, not not anymore. We're going to get this thing changed. And it just hasn't happened. And, you know, some of it, Derek Carr has played exceptionally well up until the last couple of weeks. But he's going to be the guy that's going to be take the brunt of it. He's yeah. going to have to find a way to, to win a game, make a play, you know, that last pass down the field should have been P.I. Hey, throw it out there and let the kid go get it and make a catch. You know, the ball's four yards short in my estimation because he's got an extra gear. you got to make him go get it. Don't don't put up a 50-50 ball at that point. Uh, your receiver's got to step on him make him go get it. Yeah, to, to rely on a 50-yard pass interference call. It was probably pass interference, but you don't see that call. You're You're not, you know. They're not going to call that. Now, we were, I was up in uh, in one of the suites, and uh, everybody up there kept looking. Hey, they got to call that. And I said, there's not a referee right. in the 50 yards. If it was 20 yards, that flag's probably coming out. Right. Yeah. You know, because then they got more time and everything mm-hmm. else. But 50 yards, there's not a referee on this planet that's going to throw that unless it's blatant. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't. It right. was it was pretty well played, and uh, they just fought for the football. All right. Jay Schrader joins us. Let's uh, fast forward and look uh, ahead to Sunday. The Raiders on the road at Kansas City. Uh, the schedule does not get any easier for this team. Right now they've uh, you know given away some games that they should have won, especially at home. But for some reason this team looks to be a better team on the road. Uh, 
you know, Kansas City's not going to sleep on them this time. And we remember what happened last year. You know, there were very few fans in the stands at Arrowhead last year. Uh, the Raiders got a victory. Uh, they fired up the bus, went around the parking lot. Yeah. I remember all that nonsense. I know people in Kansas City are still talking about that. <laughs> but the Chiefs are playing some, some good football now. The line is 10 here. How, for me, it's hard to handicap this Raiders team. I didn't expect them to go into Dallas and win. Right. Then again, I didn't expect 276 yards combined in penalties. <laughs> and that, I mean, 110 by the Raiders and 166 by the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. And again, I thought they would show up against Cincinnati at home. I thought they would show up last week against Washington at home. I can't figure them out, Jay. So tell me what's going to happen Sunday in Kansas City. Man, if I could figure out what they were going to do on Sunday, we'd all be a little bit richer, right. that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> they are, they are very... They're a very fickle team. You're just not quite sure which team's going to show up. Um, they're going into a buzzsaw this week, though. Kansas City is playing well. They're at home. Um, as you said, they got some history. Their memories are long. They're yeah. going to remember that. Yeah. Uh, the fans are going to remember it. So the Raiders are going to have to play an exceptional game. Right. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm not, I, I personally think the Raiders' season is over. To be honest, yeah. uh, there was too many off-field off-field issues that happened to them yeah. that, that's coming up. Uh, they needed to win that game last week. Now they got to go to KC. KC is an angry ball club from what happened last year and, and the way the Raiders went into that thing. I, I don't know if 10 points is going to be enough. I, I, I hope I'm wrong because I, I'd really like to go to the playoffs. I'd like to buy my tickets and get there. <laughs> but I think it's going to be next year for the Raiders. Yeah. I, you see teams that, that, that have a loss like they did last week, and then that's it. There's four games left. They lose the next four, and that's that because the team just kind of says, all right, we'll just focus and get ready for next year. Here's the telltale sign for me because the Raiders are very young in the defensive backfield. That means they got to get a pass rush. Pass rush hasn't been there the last couple of weeks. If if those DBs are exposed against Kansas City, they can't match up. Kansas City's too talented. There's no question about it. So the guys up front are going to have to create. They're going to have to create some pressure to try to get them home, get the ball out a little quicker. If he can stand back there and those guys can get down the field, it's going to be a long day for the Raiders. Mm. Looking forward to it. See what happens on on Sunday. The Chiefs, a 10-point favorite uh, over the Raiders. You say the season's over right now, Brian. This team is 6-6. I'm thinking this is it. I mean, this is it. If they lose this game, the season's over. And then, Jay, what gets to the point? I don't want to sit here and project a loss, but let's, you know, let's say if it does happen, Where's the team's mindset considering what they've been through this year, losing their, their head coach in the middle of the season, the rug situation, everything else that's going on, having an interim head coach, uh, really some of the offensive players really not really maybe buying into the play calling with Greg Olson and everything. I mean, do do players check out when you get to situations like this? Well, here, here's what's happened because uh, I've been in that situation. You know, you're, you know, you're playing for a job next year. And that's a different way to play a game. It really is. When you're when you're battling for a playoff spot and things are going well, you're loose and free, and you're making you know you're going out there being athletic. When you're playing for a job the next year, you're about a half a tick slow because you're thinking about it. You know what? You know, what's this going to be? You can't play football that way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know this week and the weeks to come to see how the Raiders react. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at some of the uh, games uh, this week here of some interest. Uh, let's take a look at Baltimore and Cleveland. Uh, the way that Baltimore-Pittsburgh game ended last week, 
where John Harbaugh said, oh, let's go for two. And to hear people think that that was actually a good move or a good play, I don't understand it. I mean, you get in the end zone, and you have the momentum now. you got the best kicker in football in Justin Tucker. And, you know, for me, I'm thinking, of course, you kick the extra point. Making the two-point conversion, as you know better than anybody, it's less than a 25% chance that you you convert that two-point conversion. And that just opened the door for the Steelers. Now, obviously, the Steelers lost last night. But even opened the door for teams like the Raiders and, and Cleveland and all these other teams. And now you, you get yourself in, in another situation here where you got to come back you got to play a division opponent against Cleveland. How does Baltimore respond this week? I think Baltimore will respond big time. Baltimore uh, has got a very good team. I think they rally. They understand their coach is going to take some chances and let them go play. And that's what they need to do. They got guys that they need to let go play. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, you know, but they're rolling the dice at that point. And uh, so I think Baltimore comes out. I am not sold on Cleveland. I never have been. I just, I mean, you talked, we talked about the Raiders being a fickle team. I don't know what they're doing in Cleveland. I mean, that, that team, you never know who's, who shows up or who's going to do what. So uh, I like Baltimore this week in that game. Hey, just to let you know, uh, Darren Waller is not playing. It just came across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and by the way, you said Pittsburgh loss. played last night. No, they only played a half. Yeah. Or basically, yeah. basically they played about a quarter and four minutes. That's 29 nothing. Yeah, well, well, you know, I didn't see the game. I actually got up this morning. I was stunned yeah. when I was looking at the box score. I'm like, yeah. oh, they fell behind it. Oh, the first half, nothing. first half might have been the ugliest football I've seen in a long time. Wow. Right. I mean, it was bad. Right. Yeah, down 29 nothing, and then all of a sudden, here they come storming back, and then they have a chance to actually tie the game. Where yeah. uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger put a great pass yeah. right on the hands of his receiver and got it dislodged what? there, got crushed, and that was it. But, yeah, uh, it, 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 was, it was an amazing comeback. But typical uh, Vikings, right? Yeah, typical you know? Vikings letting them go. But, <laughs> but here again, on the other hand, we talk about safety in football is that hitting a defenseless receiver right i mean that's the point but here again when it comes down to an official making a call that changes the game they're going to let them play right so i thought it was a great call a great non-call because i think you got to make that catch and you know uh, it brought back memories. The guy that made that catch, that made it famous, Terrell Owens. Remember in the, yeah. in, in the playoff game yep. where he had to come down with it? Absolutely. Uh, same thing, right yep. down the middle, and he got whacked by the safety, but he hung on to it. So yep. that's the difference. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, speaking of some old uh, Niners, uh, Niners and Bengals could be the game of the week. You know, you look at this team, the Niners have turned it around. Cincinnati, man, did they throw in a, a – a clunker last week. <laughs> I mean, the turnover after turnover after turnover, and they got blitzed by the Chargers, who got waxed the week before. I mean, it, it, it's really hard to figure out. Uh, San Francisco at Cincinnati, Joe Burrow a little banged up here. Uh, the 49ers uh, do not look like that team that we saw earlier on in the season. No, they don't look like that team early on in the season, but I'll be interested to see how well they travel. Because Cincinnati yeah. plays well at home, yeah. they have all year. So I look except for, for last week. Except for last <laughs> week. Well, yeah, uh, you know, and I, every every team's going to have one or two yeah. of those during the year. It's just yeah. uh, what comes up. Uh, but I actually like Cincinnati at home this week mm-hmm. playing that game. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I would have never pegged that Cincinnati would be a dog at home yeah. against the Niner team. Yeah. Three weeks ago, you would have made the, the line probably a three-point favorite. For yeah, exactly. Right. At least probably, yeah. yeah. And the uh, Niners a point-and-a-half uh, favorite in that game. Uh, I know uh, this is going to be a, a lot of our best bets, uh, you know, Buffalo and Tampa Bay. And 
what we saw Monday night was, the, in my opinion, Jay, was that you we saw a, a coaching clinic done by Bill Belichick when he decided to run the football 46 times, gaining 222 yards and letting Mac Jones only drop back three times, right. uh, where uh, Sean McDermott said, hey, it really doesn't matter really with the win here, even though we just heard the announcers talk about win, 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 and going with the win, that sort of thing. But Josh Allen what, put it up, what, 31 times? Nice. And uh, it was, uh, you know, Buffalo was just... Uh, they were not as physical as as the Patriots, and, and kudos for the Patriots for just beating them down. And we talked about that with Utah and Oregon. Yeah. Same thing on Monday night. Yeah, there was no question because uh, I looked at it from a, a quarterback's perspective, and you know, the Patriots have the ball, and there's ten guys in the box, and they were like, "You're not checking out of it. We're running right. it," right. and and they were gashing them for six, seven yards. Yep. I was like, holy cow. And you're right. It came down to Bill Belichick told his guys, we're just going to beat up on them. That's all we're going to do. And that's what they did, and they ended up winning the game. But they they limited the number of times that Buffalo could have the ball. And, you know, when you do that, you eliminate those big play possibilities, and it turned out to be, you know, a winning winning you know, recipe for yeah. for the Patriots. It was a fascinating game to watch because you had one team completely just gave up on, on, on one part of the game. The game. Yeah. And, and But they had this running back that just physical as can be. Their line was physical. They said, we're just going to keep running it. Right. And Buffalo had some chances in the fourth quarter. They just yeah. couldn't couldn't make the play. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing, Buffalo. I mean, everybody expected them. They just penciled them in. Buffalo, Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and now suddenly it's, hey, will Buffalo make the playoffs? <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of crazy. This is not an easy game for them. No. No, it's, it's a very tough game. Again, you you got to travel. You know, you're going to some nice weather, but that's nice. <laughs> but still, the way that game was so physical on a short week, uh, and you're playing, you know, Tampa Bay, which, you know, they're on fire right now. But we have seen from Buffalo, we saw them get gashed at home yeah. against Indianapolis, where Jonathan Taylor went nuts, you know, nearly yeah. 200 yards against them. And then now you're facing Leonard Fournette, and, you know, he's, he's been fantastic. So how do, you, how do you look at Buffalo right now? And more importantly, how do you look at Josh Allen? Um, Josh Allen is still up there as one of the elite quarterbacks. There's no question. He's just got the talent um, to do that. Did he struggle? Big time. So he's got to bounce back. He's struggled quite a bit the I, last I few think, weeks. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point in the physicality of the game Monday, you know, last week is going to linger with them because they got beat up. They really did. They got beat up. And I expect Tampa to come out and try to run the ball a little bit. And if they if Tampa can run the ball, you know their play action game is is better than anybody in the league. I mean that guy, you know Brady down there is doing that with ease. And if you get him a run game, you know Gronk will be back. He'll be back, you know full strength. So uh, that opens some things up. So it, it's a big game for Buffalo to go and play well. Yeah, Brady gets rid of the ball very quickly. Yeah. And when he doesn't get rid of the ball very quickly, they protect him quite well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's usually seven guys in blocking to protect him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Rams are playing Arizona. This is a rematch of a few weeks ago, and uh, Arizona just took it to the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Now the roles are reversed. Arizona's hosting this game. Kyler Murray is back. Kyler Murray came back last week. Didn't know if he was 100% or not, but 
but played exceptionally well, probably against a lesser opponent, though. Uh, Rams and Arizona. This is a battle in the NFC West. How do you see this? Uh, I've been very impressed with the Cardinals. I've had the opportunity to see them in person a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, this year. I'm impressed with the Cardinals. Wait, you got in some football during the golf? Oh, or during the golf? Yeah. Really? Really? <laughs> Don't give away all my secrets. You know, but yes, I did get in some football down there during the golf yeah. and, and all that, but uh, I'm, I'm impressed with the Cardinals. I think... Uh, they're a very well-balanced team all the way around, and I think they're at the point where the young guys are hungry, making plays, and I think bringing in some of the vets that they brought in has really helped them mature and get on the way. So uh, I like the Cardinals in this one. I think the Cardinals continue to roll. I think they're the they're one of the top teams in the league right now. Well, you know, the Cardinals are just a fun team to watch. Yeah. They're very dynamic, and they're very different on offense because they can get you from so many different ways when Kyler Murray's out there. I mean, the guy just changes the game. He's kind of like uh, your guy was a few years ago, Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, he could just he could just do anything on the field. Now, that guy's a little older, a little longer in the tooth. But I, I, he's a pleasure to watch out there. Uh, I'm actually a little surprised at his success. I, I went and saw him. I didn't think he could get the yeah. ball out to the flat. I didn't think he had the arm right. to do it. But the guy does it, and he's, he's worked on it. He gave up baseball, which he had, a, what, a $50 million deal for, yeah. uh, to play the sport that he loves. And, and he's got this team believing that they're going to be the Super Bowl team out of the, the NFC. All right. All right. Packers uh, playing the Bears. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, owns them, and, and he let everyone know that last time they played. So why, Field, right? why, are we, why are we talking about it? Talking about it? Why are we talking about it? He's got a Packer hat on down there. I mean, it's it's a given. He's he's what twenty two and five, I think, yeah. all time against the Bears. But what we're so talking about is I don't see that changing. I, I see right. it changing to twenty three and five is what I, I see. I told I totally agree with you. It's a great teaser pleaser. But do you want to lay twelve and a half with this? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> again, uh, again, these matchups, there's what to be six games with over a touchdown. Again, it's, it's, it's a difficult because you got a lot yeah. of haves and have-nots this year. Right. Yeah. Much more than normal when yeah. it comes in. I, I don't mind laying the 12 and a half because it's Aaron Rodgers going against the Bears. Exactly. And uh, there's some history there, and he's going to make sure that uh, it's a no-doubter that they get this thing done. And Justin Fields coming back for the Bears. Uh, we, we saw you know him before uh, playing the Packers. What are your thoughts about him? Still, still a major work in progress, right? Still a major work in progress. Talented, no doubt. Yeah. Okay, um, but I think he has a lot to learn about the NFL game, and and that's the difference. Uh, you can really see the the kids that came out that were mentally more ready to play the NFL style of football. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the Joe Burrows and, you know, those guys, they were ready to go. Um, So I think he's got a little ways to go because he relied so much on just his athletic ability that he dropped back. If number one wasn't there, he just took off, Mm -hmm. you know, and made plays. And, uh, you know, the Big Ten is good, but it's not the NFL. Yeah, and he, he's running into a bunch of defensive linemen that can run him down now. Yeah, he's not ready for prime time. <laughs> no, not he's just He's just not ready. They, yeah. I mean, the best thing you could have done with him was sit him on the bench and let him uh, let him learn and yeah. let him watch and let him watch films and, and see what kind of student he is of the game because right. yeah. he's, he's just going to get crushed. Yeah. He's not going to be in the league if he doesn't watch out yeah. because these, these guys are giants out there. Yeah. So a big talking point today when we go back to last night's game with uh, the Steelers and the Vikings. I don't know if you guys you know, caught this or not, but uh, – uh, Chase Claypool, he made made the catch with 36 seconds to go, yeah. and he decided to. And, and by the way, you know Pittsburgh had no timeouts left, right. right? And they're coming down to try to tie the game. They're down around the 30 yard line. Uh, Claypool decides to uh, make the catch, 
and do his first down little moniker while the clock is running, by the way, and uh, then try to, uh, you know, still strike a pose. pose yeah. And, and, and the then center's also, trying to get the ball from him. Yeah, yeah. His own offensive line is trying to rip the, the ball, ball from him. Let's go. Oh, the ball gets fumbled away. And here comes the, the line judge is now waddling over to try to pick up the ball. 11 seconds go off the clock. And uh, so Mike Conlon, you know, talked about it today. And I guess he said that he benched him, you know, after that. And uh, Claypool's comments afterwards was amazing. He goes, well, they go ask him what happened. He goes, well, he goes, you know, I made the catch, and I was doing my first down, you know, signature, you know, move. And, and people, what, what? What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. What is up with this, well, Jay? I've always said that the wide receiver position is the, the diva position. I've said that. Pretty and pretty and you, and you've got plenty of stories, I know, but, but here's this what, is ridiculous. Here's what we talked about. That's where the game has changed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the game's become a show now. Uh, let's go back to last night's game. It's 29 to nothing, okay? Pittsburgh makes an interception on the 40-yard line. The kid runs all the way down to the end zone, and the whole team celebrates. Right. I'm like, you made one play. <laughs> right. You're getting your you-know-what handed to you. still down by 22. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. You know, uh, that's what – I mean, that just sticks to me when I see that. Yeah. You know, the guy that's been out there getting beat like a drum all day, and then he gets one play, and he's yeah. like, you know, the world. Or the guy dropped two passes, and now yeah. he caught one for a first down on a six-yard hitch. You're like, no. You know, let's get back. Let's get back to work and, and win the game. Then we can figure it out. I, I miss the days when Sweetness would just hand the ball to the ref. Oh, okay. yeah. Barry right, Sanders, I mean, too. Barry yeah. Sanders. Yep, it was just yeah. – it was, hey, that's done. Next play, let's go. Yeah. Barry, Act Favorite, like you've been there before, right? Yeah. Barry, Barry Sanders' favorite quote of mine, when somebody asks him, why do you hand a ball to the referee? He says, because I'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't act like it's your first and only time. Yeah. You know, he's like, I'll be back. Yeah. I'll do it again. Yeah. You know, and Walter Payton was the same way. I got a chance to play with him in the Pro Bowl, and just he was just, just that way. You know, he just did his job and did it very well. How was the Jay Schrader spike? How was your spike? Uh, I slammed the ball down a couple of times. Yeah, I did uh, uh, one time up in Buffalo. I pointed, you know, because there's the short corner there and uh, a naked bootleg. And, you know, everybody was pointing at me. So I ran right up to him and pointed back at him. You know, you get a little carried away every now and then. But I will tell you this. Um, I did a naked bootleg against Philadelphia one time. And I turned around and I started to hold the ball up. And I got to the sidelines, okay, and Joe Gibbs says, kid, come here. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, hey, I did something good, right? He says, if you ever drop that ball, you'll never play for me again. I was like, point well taken. I got it. You know, it was just a different game. Yeah. You know, and he, yeah. Didn't, he didn't yell. He just said, kid. If you ever drop that ball, you'll never play for me again. Stuck with just, you, didn't it? And, and guess what? No. There's a coach that won three Super Bowls, so you can't argue with him. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had his way of doing things, so uh, it worked out pretty well for him. All right. Jay Schrader in the house joining us uh, here today. Football Friday, T.C. Martin Show. We come back. It is time for our best bet segment. we got our three best NFL plays, and we're making a play on Army-Navy today, so hang tight with that. And the one and only Colleen, the handicapping queen, joins us next. Get wrecked with the Dr. T.C. Martin. The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on this football Friday. Make sure you come on over here and get involved. 
at the William Hill Sportsbook here and use that promo code TC50. That's right, $53 in your brand new account when you open it up. You deposit $50, boom, they will match it with an additional $50. Just use that promo code TC50 and uh, play with some free money, just like Devil B has done, and he built up his, his, his account. I built up that account and let it come crashing down in a hurry, yeah, yeah. betting it on college basketball, which is not my forte, and uh, it didn't work out so well. That's it. All right, uh, time for our best bets. So let's uh, let's do it to it here. NFL and a little Army Navy as well. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right, we give you our three best NFL plays, and also we're handicapping the Army-Navy game today. And uh, let's start with our good friend who's hanging out at the ESPN studio, getting ready to go on the air for the uh, college football uh, tonight, Montana and uh, James Madison, I believe, the one and only Trevor Maddich. Trev, what's happening, brother? I am doing great. Excited about this FCS playoff run. All right, my friend. All right. Uh, we want you to start us off with a little Army-Navy action, brother. Break it down. All right. Army-Navy, everybody has got the under all the time. They're, this game is 15-0 on the under. You know, it's a, an incredible streak. And so the under number keeps going down and down and down. The total right now is 34.5. And I was looking to take that. But I looked at a couple of factors that make me want to take it. One is how each of these teams did against Air Force, the third service academy with the same kind of triple option offense. The Army game at the end of regulation was 28 points total until they went to overtime. And the Navy game was 26 points total against Air Force. And so that's well below the number on this one. Also, when it comes to Army running away with it, I don't know about that just because Army has got the 93rd hardest schedule in college football. Navy has the third hardest schedule in college football, including games against top 10 Cincinnati and Notre Dame. So I think this will be another one of those hard-fought, low-scoring games that I'm taking the under. All right, he's taking the under. All right, Double B, who you got? Army, Navy. Well, you know, this is my favorite game of the year, TC. Uh, <laughs> yes. I look for it every year. I have actually won this game, I believe, the last three years. Yes, you have. Wow. And uh, I, I, I'm on Army. I think Army, I know it's a huge revenge factor because they've been on a streak, but I think Army is just a far better football team than Navy, uh, and I think they win the game going away and getting close. 28 to 7, just so it goes over the half a point. Yeah. Just so it goes a half a point on the over. Usually not too many field goals in this game anyway. There you go. And passes. <laughs> yes, exactly. not, not a lot of passes. I All just right. think Army's the more physical team and All the better right. team here. All right. Jay, what do you got? Uh, same reasons. Army will win the game because they're more physical, but they will be the final will be under. It will be under. It will not be that high scoring. There always seems to be a snowstorm in Philadelphia at this point in time when it comes out. And uh, both teams will run the ball. So uh, Army is more physical. I think Army wins it, but I think the under is a good bet. Okay, so you're going to take the under instead of laying seven? Is that yep. what you're putting Jay Schrader yeah. down? And this game is in the Meadowlands. Oh, it's in uh, the Meadowlands. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So under, under 34 and a half. Colleen, the handicapping queen, is in the house. Okay. She's a 10-2 and two when she comes on this show. She's outstanding. Glad to have you here. Army-Navy, what do you got? Thank you, Ale. The seven points with Army. I think their running game is extremely strong. Their running back is from New York. I think he'll show out at the Meadowlands. And uh, what? I think they're, they've rushed for 42 touchdowns this year. Yes. Yep. They'll uh, put at least four more up. 
All right. Ooh, and to, to let you know, I mean, you got to tout Colleen's record. Oh, I will. On the show. Yeah, I will. Okay. Yeah, 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 I just said. Ten, yeah, 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 the ten and two, John Sassente. Exactly. There yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the NFL side and let's get Trevor Maddich's picks in. Trevor, your three best NFL for Sunday or Monday. All right. The 49ers are laying one and a half at the Bengals, and I'm saying take the 49ers and lay the one and a half. Joe Burrow's pinky injury has been a problem for him. He's got three touchdowns and five interceptions over the last four games with that. T. Higgins, one of his best receivers, is dealing with an ankle injury. Jamar Chase has not been nearly as explosive down the field in the second part of the season. And I think that San Francisco, a team that's 4-2 and two against the spread on the road this year, will go on the road against Cincinnati and take care of business. Plus, they're getting a little bit more healthy, especially on defense. Looks like Fred Warner's back. And then, Chicago is at Green Bay, and Green Bay is one of those Another one of those lay a ton of points. I mean, Green Bay is laying 12 and a half points, and, and I'm confident with that just because of two factors. One is that the Green Bay defense, even though they've had some injuries, over the last stretch of four or five games has played really, really well to complement that offense, which is also playing really well right now. And Chicago is just absolutely awful. I mean, Aaron Rodgers said when they played at Soldier Field to the fans of Chicago, I own you. And the thing is, he really, really does. And especially when you look at Khalil Mack and a couple of other of the key defenders on the Bears' defense on injured reserve right now, the only guys who really have a chance to disrupt Rodgers, I just think that Rodgers goes off and, and tries to keep up with Tom Brady in the MVP race. Then Atlanta is at Carolina laying two and a half. But I, I'm, excuse me, uh, Carolina's laying two and a half at home. But what I'm taking here is the under. It's 41.5. And the reason I like the under on this game is that both offenses are a mess. Neither offensive line, I think, will perform well against the matchup on the other side of the ball. Christian McCaffrey is out for Carolina. Even though he's coming off a bye week, Cam Newton is also coming off a terrible game before the bye. And last time they played, the Carolina defense shut down Atlanta tight end Kyle Pitts. He had two catches and 13 yards. I just think points will be hard to come by for two terrible teams here, especially because neither offensive line will be able to establish anything. And if Pitts can't go off, I don't know that they're going to reach the over. So I'm going to take under 41.5. All right, there he is, Trevor Manich. Uh, we'll be looking up at you on our big screens here in the Sportsbook of the Cosmopolitan in a matter of uh, 22 minutes or so as uh, you get ready to uh, uh, host the studio show for uh, tonight's college football. All right, brother. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, I'll be out there. Yeah, and, and if, I, if I say the word football, I'm saying hello to you. It'll be halftime of this game, and okay. we have a lot of stuff to talk about that FCS playoff. There you go, brother. Be good. We appreciate you. Okay. There it is. And a shout-out to Jay you. Schrader, another former uh, Washington Redskin like Trevor Maddich, right? There you go. <laughs> That's it. There you go. Trevor was laying it down. He called it – I mean, he called the Chicago Bears straight out. He just said they're he, awful. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. It is what it is, right? <laughs> when we when we had Trevor on a few weeks ago when uh, Buffalo played uh, Houston, he delivered Brian's uh, favorite line uh, where he said that uh, Buffalo will crush Houston. They will harm their soul. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> they did. They won by, like, 50. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something you never see there. There you go. Uh, well, right, speaking so, of that, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he's been the disaster for you fantasy football guys. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. I mean, yeah. all I hear from people, oh, Christian's out. I go, oh, I guess yep. you drafted him first, huh? <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't think I gave my, my pick up with the Army-Navy, but I, we're, it's a clean sweep. I, I like Army as well, too. 
I, I'm, I'm laying seven with Army, and I really like to try to find a way to play Navy you know, in this game every year, but I just I just can't do it. I mean, record-wise, it looks like a mismatch with, with Army 8-3 and three and, uh, and Navy 3-8, and eight. and I understand Navy has played a tougher schedule uh, than the Army, but, you know, Army did play Wake Forest and Wisconsin, and they played them very, very well, and they nearly beat them. And then I, I, uh, then they beat Air Force 21-14, to 14. And I think, like Colleen said, yeah, the rushing game is fantastic. They're, they're second uh, in the nation. And remember, that game against Wake Forest, even though they lost 70-56, to 56, Army gained 416 <laughs> yards yeah. against Wake Forest yeah. on the ground. That was yeah, that was amazing. I think, but, I, I think we can assemble 11 guys here that can get 416 yards on the ground against Wake Forest. You think so? You're a little testy here today, Brian. You're yeah. Not, yeah. So, yeah. Wake Ford does not play defense. Oh, there you go. And they so, go for that fake uh, quarterback slide all the time. Yeah, there you go. They do. Yeah, Kenny Pickett got him. So, yeah, a clean sweep there uh, with Army. All right, let's go to the NFL side, guys. Double B, give us what you got here, your three best NFL plays. Well, you know, this is a, a tough docket for me. I went with a couple of teams that are bad, but I think that you get some good value. I went with the Jets to get in five and a half at home against the Saints because I think the Saints have quit on the year. I don't think they have uh, much left there, so I took the Jets at home to maybe sneak away with a little victory. Uh, next, I took a team that plays hardy week in and week out. Sometimes they don't have the talent. They're getting 10 points, and that's the Detroit Lions. They were good to me the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to stick with them, getting 10 points in Denver. Lastly, I'm going to take that the Bills bounce back. I, 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 I know that was an ugly game, but it was a weather-related game. They had a couple opportunities. They didn't make the play. It's a short week. They're going to go down to, to uh, Tampa Bay, and I think they're going to come out with a victory. If they don't, their playoff could be in a little bit of jeopardy. So I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, let me make sure I got this right. Did Double B just go with the Jets and the Lions? Yes, Jets and the Lions. I'm a gutty guy, TC. I, I, wait, did, did you, you know that's the – you talking about the Winnipeg Jets? <laughs> or are you talking about the New York Jets? Now, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I do like them in the Grey Cup this yeah, week. We'll, so. we'll, get, we'll get to that. No, no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, I'll give you a chance to get off that Lions pick if you want. I don't know if you, you heard before we went on the air today, I'm not even sure they're going to be able to feel the team because they got hit with COVID. They got some other injuries. They're bringing up all these practice squad guys. Uh, Lions are going to be missing like 12 guys. You still want him? I've already made my selection. Okay. Ooh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> because if uh, if they do cover and I got him off it, I would have to hear about it just just like uh, yeah, David Nori. Yeah, David Nori. He's still talking yeah. about it. Yeah, he's he still... sent me a note because you know I had that pick. I go, you can't make a pick in the second quarter. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you remember David Nori, don't you? Oh yeah, I mean, I sure okay. do. So David was on the show a few weeks ago, yeah. and he he wanted to make a, a one of his best bets, and the game had like already kicked off a half hour. It's a three o'clock start, and we're at three thirty, and, hey, he, and he's given he, the selection. You got to work the system the best way you can, you know? I had to hear about all, all day, the next day, the tailgate party, and then I sat with them at the, the Raider. I still had to hear about it. You took away, you made me pick West Virginia. I, my alternate pick. I said, I didn't make you pick nothing. Just yeah. pick a game that hasn't started yet. Right, right. right. Let alone it's in the second quarter, right? Yeah. Did right. I get credit for my hockey pick last week? Absolutely you did. Okay, good. Yeah, that was good. There okay. you go. So, yeah, there there it is. Go. Del- is the king of hockey. All right, Jay Schrader, what do you got? Uh, the first one I'm going to go with is I'm going to go with the Cardinals and the over. And the over is 52. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I think there's going to be some guys running up and down the field, but I like the Cardinals on that one. And Double D, I'm going to go with you. I think the Bills bounce back. I think the Bills are going to come out um, and, and play a very good game and uh, bounce that one. The other game that I like, you know, I hate to say it, but I think the Cowboys cover. 
I really do. I think the Cowboys. It pains you to say it as being it a does, former Washington guy. It does guy pain now. me yeah. to say that. Yeah. And just the fact that I actually said Cowboys out loud, uh, I'm about threw up in my mouth. So, um, <laughs> But uh, I do think they go in, and I do think they cover uh, in that game. So those those are my picks. Okay, so, so for clarification, so we got Buffalo, we got Dallas, and then are you taking the Cardinals or are you taking the over? Uh, Which one are you taking there? Well, the Cardinals are going to win, and it's going to be the over. So oh, okay, yeah. So, but uh, we got the, the over is the, the the over is the best bet. Over is okay. So, yeah. So Jay Schrader's got the over with Arizona, Arizona and, and the, the Rams. Rams. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, here she is, Colleen, the handicapping queen. Let's hear what you got. And if there, if there's not a Seattle Seahawk uh, pick on here, then I'm gonna I'm just gonna lose it. Of course, of course there is, right? There, there is. Okay, go. Cool. There you go. But deservedly so. So Russ is back. 89% pass rating or what what pass percentage against San Francisco last week, mm-hmm. right? He's going to throw some long balls to DK down the sideline. I got a little intel. Okay. And, um, yeah, they're <laughs> going to cover their eight and a half. Okay. Okay. Let's go. All right. So Titans are coming off of a bye. Jeff Rabel is undefeated against the spread when coming off a bye. Little fact there. Oh, fun uh, fact. We got plenty Jackson, of fun facts. Look at that. And Jacksonville is uh, winless on the road. So with the return of Julio Jones, I think Titans minus eight and a half. Where's my other pick? I'm going Packers. And I was at Lambeau a couple weeks ago when Seattle got shut out. It's going to be cold. It's <coughs> all get up mm-hmm. on Sunday. Um, but Aaron Rodgers is playing strong. Monday night, or well, Sunday night right. game, prime time. Yeah. I think they're nine and one in prime time. So I'll give up all those points, twelve and a half. But I feel good about the pack. And, and you should be, because as Aaron Rodgers has told everyone, he owns Chicago. Yeah, he absolutely. Still owns Chicago. Colin, you should let me know you're going to Green Bay. I would have given you food options. I would have given you my restaurants. You should have told me you're going. I mean, did did you get a chance to dine by Lambeau Field at all? Oh yeah, what's the, where'd you where'd you go? Uh, what's the brewery across the way called? Um, what Tiletown Brewery? Did you go? No, Tiletown's a little bit further away. Oh yeah. Yeah, but you went over there by the new hotel and where they did all that stuff. Yeah, it, oh, it's crazy. Yeah. No Green Bay looks nothing like it Lambeau. did no. five ten years ago. It's crazy. Love no. there, there you go. There was nothing around that field. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Good stuff. All right, uh, let's go to the NFL side here. Uh, I am uh, going to go against uh, my man Jay Schrader here because I'm going with your team. I oh. love Washington. Give me the four and a half. Your team has won four in a row, my friend. We saw what happened last week against the Raiders. Uh, they they dominated the game from the beginning to the end. They were in total control. And Tyler Heineke is getting the job done. Tyler Taylor, whatever his name is. <laughs> Heineken. Heineken's getting the job done. And he's been good. The last four weeks, his QBR is over 110, and I think this will continue. His decision-making has been good, and I, I really like what Washington is, is is doing here, except for that bad pass that he threw that uh, yeah, Trayvon yeah, Moore uh, yeah, you know, dropped, the, of course. The one that should have lost the game for uh, him last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, no, this team is 3-1 uh, and one in December. Uh, they did that last year. Uh, I'm going back to last year. And when the calendar flips for some reason, this team uh, plays pretty well in December. Let's go back to last year where they swept Dallas. They crushed them twice, 25-3 to and 41-16. to And uh, Mike McCarthy, this will do it for me right here. He came back from COVID, came back to practice yesterday. He's running his mouth, and he guaranteed victory. Did you hear that? Yep. He guaranteed a victory. And uh, Ron Rivera came back and said, yeah, Mike, you probably shouldn't have said that. So a little bit more bulletin board material there. 
But uh, really for me with Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott really hasn't been doing much at all. Pollard has been the best running back, and Pollard is injured. Not sure if he's going to play. So I think Dallas has some issues there, and I, I really like the football team, the way they're playing. They got the mojo going right now. They're playing with confidence. I'm going against you, Jay, but I'm going with you, Jay. There you Washington go. plus four and a half. There you go. Good luck. Uh, Brian, I, I, I don't know what you're thinking with, with the Jets. I'm going the Saints. I'm, I'm laying the five and a half with the Saints. Uh, two teams, they're on losing streaks. I get that. But the difference is this. The Saints have been losing games to very good opponents because they have tons of injuries. The Jets have been losing to everybody because they stink. I mean, they plain stink. That's it. And they got plenty of injuries as well, too. Um, when you look at this, they've got 15 guys that are on the IR right now. They signed eight street free agents, and all the eight street free agents that they have signed over the last five or six weeks, now they're injured. That's, if I'm doing my math right, I think I'll have 23 guys that uh, are, are not going to be playing this week, and I, I don't know how they're going to be able to score against the Saints' defense, which is pretty good. Uh, I think the Jets is a mess. Uh, when we look at the Jets, we know they're last in total defense, they're last in scoring defense, they're last in pass defense. Oh, and they're 30th against the rush. So, uh, yeah, Jets. I'm going to go Winnipeg Jets and Winnipeg Blue Bombers before I would go over the New York Jets. Jets are playing tonight in Vancouver after a nice win last yeah. night on Kyle Connor's birthday three zip over Seattle. There's another hockey play, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. There it is. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to sit here last week and say go, go Buffalo like I did because I embarrassed myself. But I am going to take Buffalo plus three and a half against Tampa Bay. But I'm going to, you know, keep it a little calmer yeah, this week. As, okay. As our good friend Larry David would say, I'm going to curb my enthusiasm. There you okay, go. there we good. go. And by the way, I don't like pins either. You know, if you I go, saw that. Yeah. I, I immediately commented on that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the pins. Larry doesn't like that. I don't like it either. Even though I got my COVID shot yesterday, I got my booster. They gave me a pin. Like Larry, I said, I'm not, I'm not putting the pin on. You know. Don't need to do that. Yeah. Buffalo plus three and a half as I digress. Uh, very physical game as we saw last week. I'm not sure how Buffalo is going to come out of that game, but they still have an elite D. They've allowed the fewest touchdowns and passing yards in the NFL this year. And Buffalo's offense is still averaging 28 points per game. And we go back and look what Tampa Bay's done over the last seven weeks. Uh, they've got some losses in there, but they faced a very weak schedule. They're playing good against weak competition. I think Buffalo needs this game. And if Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, I think that the Buffalo uh, has a chance to win this game outright. But you're going to give me three and a half against, uh, against Tampa Bay. I will take it. I think Buffalo needs this game, Jay. Don't you think? I mean, they're seven and five. They Buffalo, have to, they Buffalo have to needs have this, this game. game. This is a yeah. game that Buffalo needs to win uh, to start that playoff push and get back because they've had a couple of weeks where they've kind of doubted themselves mm -hmm. now. Right. Uh, and so this will be a good game to turn all that around and say that's behind us. We're moving forward and we're getting ready for the playoffs. All right there you go. All right, our best bets uh, up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Matthew Holtz is up there. Scott Spritzer, Trevor Matiches uh, as well. Uh, you missed one very important key element in that Jets-Saints game. Yeah, what was that? One team's got Sean Payton and one team doesn't. Good point. There you go. You still want it, but don't be? Listen, when I go 3-0 <laughs> in college and pro football this week, he's going to say, how did you come up with the Jets? I'm like, because the Saints stink. Yeah, That's exactly. what you said. You said the Jets stink. I think the Saints stink. Yeah, okay. I don't think they're a very good football team. All right. All right. There you go. Okay. All right. Colleen, they got good food down there, though, in New Orleans. Yeah, of course they do, right? Exactly. All right. Colleen, what's been happening? What's going on? 
I mean, I see, I see her at, at games. I saw her at Duke and Zaga. She's traveling to Lambeau Field. She's going up to Seattle. I mean, this girl, does she have the Cosmopolitan private jet? What's going on here? She, she's a busy lady. I saw her son at, at Charlie's gig on Saturday, by the way. Really? For the yeah, Sun nice. City Roadrunners up at yeah. the, uh, the, the, the Harley place. Okay. He's grown like a foot and a half in a, in a, in a month, by the way. Oh, well, we're uh, busy here at the hotel. Exciting. Thanks for having me back on. Look forward to this. But, yeah, any occasion to go to a live sporting event, let's let's do it. Absolutely correct. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. And, and was that was that Duke-Gonzaga game phenomenal? Oh, my gosh. Paulo Bencaro, number five for Duke. He's uh, my girlfriend from high school. It's her son. So I've known him since he was a baby, and it is so fun to watch him play yeah. at that level. He is phenomenal. Number one draft pick. Yeah. yeah. I told you about this about a year ago, oh, yeah. Brian. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Number five for Duke. There you go. Good it'll, be, it'll be Coach K's last year. Yep. And is he a one and done? He wasn't there last year. Yeah, he'll be a one and done. Yeah, he'll be a one and done. Him and Chet Holmgren, one and two, in that order. Okay. Look at making the draft pick call. Wow. There it is. (laughs) But she's right. There's a lot happening at the hotel now. We have uh, Dirk Spintley here tonight. We got the ice skating rink going on. Yep. We're just very excited uh, for New Year's. Uh, their show's going very, very quickly for Moon Five. Uh, the tickets available on the 30th, 31st. It's going to be a little bit of a stretch, but uh, the, the place is alive. The town's alive. There's a big UFC fight here this weekend, yep. and uh, uh, people are excited to be here in Las Vegas. So uh, two Vegas Golden Knights games too. TC. That's right. Tonight uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. We expect the Golden Knights to uh, to roll. A puck, do I hear a puck line play on the Golden Knights? As you know, I'm confident because I've really enjoyed watching them play the last few nights so right. I, I i'd say if you're gonna bet it don't lay the don't lay the 240 go with all the right. puck line all right all right colleen appreciate you always good to see you and uh she's always here at the cosmopolitan jay schrader my man thanks for coming by brother you open bet. invitation as always here thank so, you i appreciate it always yeah. have a great time here with you guys great stuff all right double b and uh we will reconvene uh, tonight at the golden knights game Check out that Golden Knights uh, victory, and then come come over to the Cosmopolitan. Like I said, enjoy everything they have here, from the food options, whether it's Block 16 or the great race restaurants up on the uh, second or the third floor, all here for you at the Cosmopolitan, Las Vegas, and the barber shop as well. Barber shop. Oh, my good friend Allison Palmer, who's here right now, my yes. sister. Shout out to her. She's going to barber shop on Saturday. Her first time there, so I was here last excited. Saturday, Allison. There you go. And she says roll tide. That's that's yeah. one one big drawback though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Allison knows what time it is. I was on the tide last week. Go. If you miss any part of the show, go check it all out. And our tribute is up there under the interview page to Ballpark Frank. Go check that out from last week as well too. May he rest in peace. Everyone have a great weekend. For the G-Man, Gilby here and Numchuck back in the studio everyone else we will reconvene next friday here at the cosmopolitan in las vegas and of course the show monday through friday 2 to 4 p.m tcmartinshow.com have a great weekend